end of time. Thirteen. O'clock. Well, hey, everybody. It's Wednesday night, and we're doing a paranormal show. Everyone yeah. seems very excited about that. Yeah. I oh. feel like, well, it's been a while since we've done, like, a whole paranormal show. Hasn't it? I don't remember. I love these. We're going to talk about Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah, which I've seen. Yeah. Jenny wrote a book, about, wrote several books on it, on the subject. <laughs> and uh, Jenny's seen it, too. It's not as bad, it's not as strong as it was, but every now and then it fucking comes back. We're going to talk about Donnie Decker. Yeah, among other things. Yeah, is he? Out, I don't know if he's out of prison yet. I don't know. I couldn't really find any updates on uh, what had happened. I thought he had gotten out of prison, but I don't know what happened to yeah, him since then. Try to find his ass. <laughs> yeah, Trying that's the only him. guy. That's the only other. That, that's one of the few living dudes that I believe when it comes to poltergeist. Um, he just said a lot of the right shit, and there's just too many damn witnesses. That first time he was in prison, the fucking warden and all the fucking guards, they called in the priest, man. Fucking water was fucking flying at the damn priest and ripping down his cell walls. And he could make it rain in restaurants. He could make it rain inside the house. And he, I was like, some people would be like, man, how is that possible? It's fucking not. Poltergeist is a f poltergeist phenomenon. RSPK, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, is a fascinating fucking... I don't want to say it's an ability because you can't really do it at command. It's a fucking side effect of consciousness somehow. Some kind of quantum consciousness. He was condensing fucking water molecules out of the air. Making that, making water molecules. He's making water. And then there was like a kinetic energy fucking uh, factor to it to it also because it would sometimes fall up or, or sideways some of the drops. Things that hit you. He, he fucking... Yeah, and he kind of had the background of of a poltergeist fucking focus. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we'll get into that. It's so, interesting, too, like how um, you saying like some of the water went up and stuff like that, because yeah. that other book, and I'm, I'm not talking about this case because we already did a whole show about it a long time ago, but the um, the book that I wrote with Steve Mara, the Rochdale poltergeist, yeah. that case he investigated in um, Manchester, England. Yeah. Um, they had it rain inside their house also, yeah. and they noticed that as well, that the sometimes the rain would go up. Yeah. Which is pretty weird. With Decker, it was a lot of rain, though. You yeah. You could do it in front of a bunch of people. The cops. Well, the Rochdale one was, too. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. That was like a lot of, so much that they needed an umbrella sometimes. But there were a lot of police witnesses that saw it and said they'd never seen anything like it. Dude, the cop fucking went back home and was just shaking. He didn't, you know, he'd never seen anything like that. So it just changed his world. Uh, the other other case that um, that I know of off the top of my head that I was like, yeah, that's the real thing, is the um, the Enfield Poltergeist case. Guy Lyon Playfair wrote a book about it called "Fucking This House Was Haunted." Although he comes out and says it wasn't a ghost, it was a poltergeist. This little girl was making it subconscious, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis under the control of the subconscious mind. Now, not everything, not all the phenomena in that case attributed to that case is true. Some of the people, I think, lied about what they saw. But the stuff that people agreed on that happened, had multiple witnesses, that sounds exactly the, like the kind of shit me, Lois, and Red went through at, at Mammoth Mountain when I was a kid. 
It's a lot like the Enfield case. But there wasn't any voices coming out of me or anything. Um, I don't remember hearing any voice at all in Mammoth. Now, later at Lois's house, there was a voice that tried to manifest itself just out of thin air. But I couldn't understand what it said. I ran from it. It sounded like it was something underwater, kind of talking backwards. It's weird, man. It's weird. Last major thing it did was a few years back, it pulled the top of the molding of the fucking kitchen cabinet off and, and threw all the horse statues that were up on top there all in one fell swoop. Boom! Yeah. It was just when I turned my back, it did it. Pow! And, and that was at our other house in yeah. San, our old house in San yeah. Threw like three of them. The statues were about this big. They were wooden. Some of them broke. Yeah. And it pulled like a six foot, six foot piece of molding off. And the nails, there are little nails that they use for molding. It looks like almost like a glorified tack or something or a staple. They call those brads. Brad, I think it was called. Yeah, those things were fucking twisted and still stuck in there, fucking still sticking in that piece of molding. And uh, I just looked at it. I knew what it was, but I tried to blow it off. Yeah. Weird. All it does now is turn the Xbox on in the yeah. middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's the main thing it does here. Turn the Xbox on. And it doesn't turn the TV on, because if you want to like watch it or play a game, you have to turn the Xbox yeah. on, and then you have to turn the TV on. Yeah. It doesn't turn the TV on, though. It only turns the Xbox on. And you always know, because like 3 o'clock in the morning, it'll go, Bruh! like it made that little noise, like it comes yeah. on. And I'm just like, what the fuck? It did it as I was falling asleep. Jenny was next to me. Yeah. A few days ago. I was worried about a bill I had to pay, and it did it. Yeah. But it used to turn on the tel the, the television and oh, the Oh, it used to turn... At the old house, the old it house. turned on the TV, like, all the time. Yeah. At least several times a week. Yeah, in the it. living room. Yeah. But then occasionally it would turn on the television in our bedroom. We'd wake up and the fucking TV was on. Yeah. Usually it was the living room, but yeah. a few times it was the bedroom one. Yeah. Because it would light up, like, you know what I mean? I'd be like, what the fuck? Ring the doorbell at night, open the garage door at night. Yeah. I think that was the freakiest thing. Yeah. It, like, ringing the doorbell. Yeah. Because that, well, I was freaked out by that because I thought it was a person. And I'm like, who the fuck is yeah. ringing the doorbell at fucking four in the morning? That's yeah. never good. But there was, there was nobody there. So it was like, <laughs> it was pretty fucking freaky. But if you want to hear my whole case, Jenny wrote a book about it based upon it. Me, Lois, and Red gave our stories. Um, my cousin Wesley gave his story, but his story changed a little bit. He was, he, he's uh, deaf and autistic. And I had to leave some of it out. Because his mom didn't want me talking about him too much in there. So, uh... Yeah, we had to kind of tread carefully. Yeah, we had to tread real carefully on, on the West subject. Sometimes there's some people who've read the book who said, Well, hey, well, couldn't, couldn't West have done this and that? No, nah, I haven't been able to tell you everything yet. They're all, you know, Lois is still living. Red's dead, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, West is still living, yeah. too, Red's still alive, but he doesn't read that shit. Yeah. His reading comprehension isn't very good. Yeah. Um... So maybe once she's gone, maybe we'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail. But um, the uh, Red remembered more of it than I did. I remember well, he a lot was of older it. than you yeah, he at was the older time. Than he was your right. uncle, you know. Yeah, and there were some major ones that I'd forgotten about. Like I forgot that it threw a knife. I forgot that it re rearranged the matchbox cars, put them out on the floor, fucking in a pattern. I forgot about that part. Um, it did a bunch of stuff that I'd forgotten about. But it didn't do it at Mammoth. It did it at Lois's house when we got Later home. when you got Late, home. Later when we got home. It followed us. Yeah. Because it was just a, a phenomenon that was manifesting from me. I couldn't control it. 
Yeah, because I mean, if you, I mean, probably most of you guys know because you've been here a long time, but. Yeah. Yeah, it happened to Tom when he was 12 or 13, right? Yeah. And it was not even at your house, at least no. at first. It was at, like, just some vacation lodge yeah. that you'd never been to before. Mm-hmm. Like, you went there and all this crazy shit started happening. I knew something bad was going to happen there. And the uh, when we were driving there up through the mountains, I said, man, this kind of reminded me of the beginning of The Shining. So I started to have a feeling of dread. And the hood flew up on the car, fucking red. On we were on, we were on the, the side of a damn mountain, yeah. on the side of a cliff. He hit the brakes and got out there, and and he did. It had opened, but he didn't. It couldn't. Didn't. And it flew open and everything. And he had no idea how it could have because it was a latch with a safety mechanism, and it never did it again. But he drove, and it was snowing. You're doing that shit, Tom. Yeah, it was weird, and it, it was weird when it happened. It fe- felt like I'd been fucking, like I jumped out of my fucking. Felt like I jumped out of my skin when it happened. It was weird. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and then as soon as we got there, I threw my bags on the fucking bed and went back to the car to get my other bag. When I came back, my, the bed that I have, I saw something moving on the bed. It was opened and shit had been scattered out. And I saw a sock come to a halt, rolled up pair of socks. And I looked at it and I said, it must have fell over. But it, it, I had a weird feeling. It, it didn't fall over. It was going through it. Or trying to unpack. He was trying to help you out. Yeah. Later on that night, I started doing shit. I hear it moving things inside the room. Picked up the damn telephone receiver next to me. I dropped it. See, that was like, for me, that was like super creepy. Yeah. Like that whole first night that you described yeah. that you heard like the the um, the hangers in the closet like jingling together. Yeah, and there was like, nothing on the hangers. It was empty closet. And then like you heard like the phone pick up and go back down. Yeah, on the, it dropped about like, an for inch. For all you kids that, you know, the phone used to have to use to sit yeah. in the cradle, you know what I mean? And, uh, because you know what? If I was in a hotel room and I heard that, like, behind me, I think I would fucking. One hotel room, we were in a shack. I know, I'm just saying, but if I was in a place like that. We were in a condo. And heard the phone do that behind me, I would would fucking. Yeah, I'd freak out. The phone was weird. It had, had, I think it had a phone upstairs and a phone downstairs, and it had the little lights run across the bottom like you were. Yeah, like a hotel phone. Like a hotel phone. It was like that. Like, so you could call out and. So you could call out and you could call the fucking main office and shit. Right. And I heard that receiver pick up and fall. And yeah, I was afraid to look. It was dark in there. I'd have been afraid to look, too. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. And I waited for like three or four seconds, and I fucking looked over there because it was it was on the uh, the right nightstand. Oh, the one on, when you're laying there, there's one on the right-hand side. There's one on either side of the bed. And I looked over there, and the phone was there. I could barely see it, but there was nobody standing there. I felt like someone was watching me there. Can you imagine, for, like, if somebody was standing yeah. there? Oh, my God, that'd be horrible. Yeah. And I'd also heard something fucking dra- getting drug across the floor. Oh, it sounded right. kind of heavy. About that. I forgot about that. You hear it, but I couldn't see anything. Found, it sounded like furniture. But I didn't see anything move. It's weird. Mr. Demigod said, I love topics like this. Yeah, a lot of people have been looking forward to doing because this is going to be like a whole yeah. extravaganza. Hopefully, I don't think we've covered any of these cases before. Like I said, um, we've probably talked about the Don Decker case like off and on. I thought we had done a whole show about it, but I searched and we hadn't. I was like, I find that hard to believe. So we must have like brought it up on some other shows and talked about it. But I don't think I've talked about any of these other cases on here. And if we have, oh well, we're just like repeating shit. It's all right. Um, Alice in Wonderland says, uh, I'm loving the mustache, Tom. And oh, thanks, yeah. yeah, I like it too. It's just, it's funny because when I, <laughs> I, I knew you for a long time and you had no facial hair. Yeah. 
And uh, so then you decided to grow it, and I was like, we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll see how that looks. And I'm like, oh, it looks really good. Like, it's kind of surprised me that it looked really good. And he told me the other day, somebody that he know at Starbucks. Well, at Starbucks. Yeah. And the girls she, that work at Starbucks. And she didn't know you before. Yeah. Like, so she's only know you with the facial hair. She was seen with. And she he was, showed her pictures of him with from hair. like a few years ago when he yeah. still had hair and like no yeah. facial hair. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, she she's like, that's like, weird. She thought it was super weird because yeah, she's only weird. seen you like this. Yeah. But it's and I like. Said, and, I said, <laughs> and I said, not good. And she goes, no. She says, you look better like that. She's looking you better, look like, good both ways. Look better bald with beard. Yeah. I mean, it did take me a little while to get used to you looking like this because, yeah. like I said, I knew you for so many years, you know, with hair. When you meet me like this, you expect me to look like this, I guess. That's what I mean. Yeah. So it's like when you look different. But it's like, yeah. yeah, I met you with hair and with no facial hair. You met me with blonde hair. Yeah, I think, well, no, you know what? When I first met you, you had black hair. And then, like, not too long after I met you, I think you bleached it. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure you had black hair when I met you. And went from black to blonde, almost white. Yeah. Because your natural hair color is just a really, really dark. It's almost black. It's, like, a really, really dark brown. But you had it. It was black when I met you. But then not too long after that, you bleached it. (laughs) So, and then kept it bleached for a little. But mostly I've known you with, like, with black hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of the time. I think I got a picture of me with blonde hair. You I probably go ahead and I'll find it. <laughs> Danny Rowling said, what's a poltergeist favorite genre of porn? Bukaki. Yeah, yeah, Bukaki. yeah. Bukaki. Yeah, that's a good one. Bukaki. That is a good one. He's got all the dad jokes. Yeah. That's a, that is a dad joke. <laughs> that's a dad joke. But yeah, so what we wanted to talk about this, and I can't remember, it, was it Zach or was it somebody? I can't remember like who... Um, uh, suggested this topic, but I thought it was a good topic. It was when we were talking about poltergeist cases. It might have been when we were talking about the um, Latoya Ammons case, which was a few months back. Um, and somebody said, oh, well, you should talk about some cases, uh, some poltergeist cases where the focus was not a kid. Because most of the time, the focus is like a kid or like an adolescent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's him with the blonde hair. Yeah, standing next with, to with Carrie lady. Fisher. With Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> with a cardboard Carrie yeah. Fisher. <laughs> That's another one. Fucking funny. <laughs> Fucking funny. Looks like something out of Duran Duran. That's not me, by the way. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's his that's old, ex. That's his old girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really old picture. Yeah, it's two thousand fifteen. Uh, no, no, no. It was older uh, than that. Two thousand not ten. Yeah, it must have been because we started yeah, we started dating in 2011. Yeah, so 2010. So it must have been 2010 or, two, right, or right, early yeah. 2011. Because yeah. I think we started going out like mid 2011. Yeah, it's hard to believe that was uh, fucking almost 14 years ago. Isn't that fucking crazy? That's fucking crazy. It doesn't seem like it. it seems no, like it, it seems like yesterday. You're yesterday. still mad about that. <laughs> You're still mad about I that. I didn't shit. like that girl. Jenny was like, "Do not go out with that girl. I that girl's like, bad." And I'm thinking, "I didn't like." Yeah, that. but my, I've had whole girlfriends I lived with that were about two or three times as bad as this. You know, I, I'm from a different world than Jen. Well, you know, she was, was bad, but they were all bad. I was used to that. He he liked his bad. His yeah, bad hoes, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, the thing about it too is that you didn't really give that much. You didn't really care no, that care. much. You were just kind of like, eh, "I'll bang her for a while." Yeah, I'm gonna maybe. hit. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll just move on to something yeah. else. It was, it was like a conveyor belt. <laughs> it was. It was. It was like a conveyor. You were real serious about no, I about care. it. I did so, not care. So he didn't really. I was it. just expected it to be temporary. Yeah. You know. He's just like ah, I'm just gonna have a good time. Yeah. Whatever. Like thirteen years later, thirteen years later, we're still living together. I was like, shit, I might as well marry this chick. Yeah. Yeah. 
I told you, I, I told him, I told him at mannequins because uh, we had went back to mannequins last Friday and we haven't been for a long time. And Heather, our bartender, she was like, "Oh my god, look at you guys! You haven't been here forever." She's like, "Oh my god, you're a married couple now," because she saw it on uh, yeah. Facebook. And um, <laughs> and I told Tom later, I was like, "Yeah, I was like, to, to be honest, I'd actually given up on you. I thought you were never gonna." Ask me. I just stopped thinking about it. <laughs> I thought you were never gonna ask me. I was just like, oh, well, I guess that's not happening. Actually, I asked her, I asked you, uh, shit, man, we're just putting all this fucking, all this fucking <laughs> private shit. Probably about six, seven years ago, I asked, you were in a bad mood. You're like, nah, fuck that. Because I thought you were teasing me. Oh, no, I don't was, think no. you were, I didn't think you were serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I was serious. I didn't think you were serious. Yeah, I was okay, we just get married then. She's like, ah, oh, fuck that. I was like, okay. I think so that shot I yourself in the foot. No, I think there was some <laughs> different context going on because I would have remembered mm. if you'd like seriously asked me. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, so I think it was like some kind of context. Yeah. Like we were probably having a fight or something. Yeah. <laughs> and you said something about it, and I'm like, fuck that. You're just fucking with me. Yeah, um, they remember me with blonde hair. I, we did shows. Some of the shows. That, yeah, that's right. That wasn't the same time. I used to go blonde every now and then. Every though. now and then, yeah. So that wasn't that wasn't the time. That, that wasn't show. that time. That, yeah, because that, that was like before we started. Yeah. That was years before we started doing the show. I still got some in there. I would use that damn fucking splat bleach. Yeah. I used that a couple I of still times. still got some in there, fucking unopened, ready to go. Yeah. I was thinking, man, if I could fucking grow my hair out a little, about a quarter of an inch, half inch, and fucking dye that shit fucking damn near white, I'd have that Rob Halford look like back in the fucking 80s. There you go. The white head, the short, real short white hair. I don't know if it'd look good, though. I don't know. It might. Not with a black beard. Well, no, you'd have to do the beard, too. Yeah. You'd have to let the beard grow gray, or no, you'd have yeah, to... No, yeah, just fucking shave the beard, because it's white. It. Yeah. I use that just for men. Just for just men. for men. What'll happen if you put it on a woman? Will she like turn into a fucking pumpkin or something? Put that shit on her bush, man. <laughs> It'll fucking shave twenty years off her. I don't have a bush, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people don't nowadays. Yeah. It's just easier. Tammy says, do you believe that poltergeists have something to do with hormones, and that is why it usually comes around when the kids are going through puberty? Yeah. There was actually a paper yeah. in a semi-scientific yeah. uh, journal uh, in which, I believe it was two Italian, I think I brought it up in my book, but I can't remember their names offhand, it's these two Italian scientists, and that's kind of what they were positing. Yeah, that, I think that's a factor, one of the major, probably, yeah. that's probably like... The most likely time RSPK could could happen is to a young person going through hormonal changes like that, because now they're able to re- release certain amount of tensions, fucking on a psychic level, evidently, and yeah. a bunch of tensions building up in them. They're becoming an adults, so there's conflicts between. I think it's kind of like children. I think chip might be getting ahead of the subject. Well, not really, because children just... don't really have agency. So they, it's kind of like learned helplessness. And if they're in a situation where they have to accept certain truths that aren't true, in other words, fucking the adults are lying to them, when they get intelligent enough, when puberty happens, they start to realize that, no, I can do shit without these people. I can do my own things. But they can't. There's a conflict. They're still too young. So the subconscious starts acting out. not Because the, they're, they're afraid of getting in trouble. Yeah. So the physical body's under wraps. But the fucking, let's just say, the soul is running wild, basically. It's the fucking, the soul of the subconscious. It's moving objects, throwing a fucking fit. Or it's uh, pretending to be a fucking 
artificial bad guy to, to maybe like get the family to bind together against a common enemy or to entertain the family, hold them together, that kind of shit. Well, and your theory is, um, and from what I've seen, this kind of does hold up, is that uh, it actually works better if you think it's an outside yeah. entity, if you be- yeah. believe it's an outside entity. Because in your case, particularly, yeah. it stopped when you realized that it was you. Well, I suspected. That you suspected I that suspected it was you doing it. Because I thought it was reading my mind. It was moving objects I was thinking about. Because while you thought yeah. it was a ghost or an outside yeah. entity, then it was doing all this crazy shit. Yeah. But the second you were like, well, maybe this is me doing it, yeah. then it stopped. Then it kind of stopped. Well, I told Red, I said, I said, I think this thing can read my mind. And he goes, why do you think that? And I said, that object, it just moved. I was just thinking about that object. Yeah. He's like, really? I said, yeah, it can read my mind. And that, and that started to fucking scare me. But then it kept doing it. And I said, maybe it's not reading my mind. Maybe I'm doing it. Yeah. So then I said, I'm going to make it move these objects, and it stopped it. Yeah. So, like, somehow there's some kind of yeah. fail-safe yeah. that only lets it happen yeah. when you think it's... Yeah. When you're not aware of it or you don't have any it didn't control. didn't go away. Over. It stopped moving things instantly, but it didn't go away instantly. I still felt it watching me. Right. And it still happened, like I said, periodically. Spira- sporadically, yeah. Like, um, you know, in the last few years, especially when, when we started working on the book, like in 2017 or 2018 yeah. or whenever that was. Like, so we were talking about the case all the time and talking to Red and Lois on the phone and all this other kind of stuff. So, um, kind of relived it. Yeah. So then it kind of ramped back up again yeah. a little bit. Zach says, is the entity case in here too? Um, no, because we did a whole show about that yeah. like a while back. I think we talked about it on one of our first shows because we talked about the movie and the actual case and how they compared. But we might have done an update. I thought we had done an update where we just talked about the Doris Bither case, didn't we? Yeah. Like more recently? Yeah. We did well, and we did one on the Hernandez we just case it. too. Yeah, but it's just kind of like yeah. But this one, like I said, we wanted to focus on ones where, um, where the focus of the of the poltergeist activity was an adult, yeah, which or a is young adult, unusual. Deckard was a younger adult, I think. Yeah, and so, and one of the other cases on here too yeah. uh, was a younger adult yeah. as well. But like I said, usually. And I kind of feel like almost all of the cases, because I wrote a book of several years ago called The Unseen Hand that was all about poltergeist cases, like all the ones I could dig up. And um, I, w- I don't know what the percentage is offhand, but I would say probably like at least like 85 to 90% of the cases, the focus, the suspected focus was almost always a teenager or like someone going through puberty. Yeah. Almost always. It's a way of acting out and avoiding getting in trouble. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. you have plausible deniability because it's like you can wreck shit and yeah. you know, and it's like, well, it's not me doing it. It's yeah. it's this thing or burn shit. Didn't happen in my case, but pyrokinesis is the same thing. And do you know what's weird is that pyrokinesis is almost overwhelmingly, it's almost overwhelmingly a girl. A girl sounds like it, yeah, like an adolescent girl. It's, I think there was one case where it was a boy, but it's like almost all of the cases that I wrote about. If yeah. it was fire starting poltergeist, yeah. it was always a girl. Making Which a is fire, strange. making fires, never occurred to me. We were never afraid of that, right? In the, in the in our case, but had somebody mentioned, "Hey, man, this thing might start a fire," it then it might do. have probably would have right. done it because that would be easy to do because it can move large objects just fucking quickly and evidently teleport them. Uh, I I guess it's the only way some of those objects could have gotten that room. It'd be teleported in there. <clears throat> 
it'd be nothing to just agitate molecules. Those are tiny. Just get those molecules to move real fast. You're making friction and heat, and it'll boom. It'll fucking ignite. And pyrokinetic people, that's how it's described. Just a, a burn spot, kind of like somebody hitting it with a magnifying glass. A brown spot will appear on a wall. Yeah, like on the wallpaper. It'll smoke and fuck it. You're right. Like, like somebody had a magnifying glass to it. And what's funny is that it's always timed perfectly, which just sounds like everything with the poetry. Everything's timed perfectly. Like the fire starts just as you see it, just as you're walking into a room. It never happens when you're not when you're never happens when you're not around to stop it. It's always happening when you're around to stop it. Yeah, it's, I it's, mean it's, there were a couple of cases of that I heard about down. that were old. Yeah, where you know, um, but I don't think anybody got killed. But it's like sometimes like an old barn or something like that would burn down completely. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Ben said it's Stephen King's fault because <laughs> of Firestarter. Although there were a lot of cases of that before. I think he got the idea from the Poltergeist cases yep. that had happened previously. Because there were some going back to like the 18th century. People always point out fiction like Star Wars. Sorry, that's my phone. God damn it. Fucking phone. Star Wars with the Force. And then fucking um, Stephen King with all of his fucking... Uh, pyrokinetic people and psychokinetic people and people that see ghosts and shit. They didn't make any of that up. During the 70s, the California University Systems took that shit very seriously. They had a whole parapsychological department. It was respected by other scientific departments because they, they weren't faking anything. They were trying to see if it was possible. And they, they, they did take some of these cases seriously. And they were trying to theorize, well, what is happening in physics to, you know, now it's called like fucking non-locality and uh, quantum consciousness, you know, and they got top guys like Stuart Hameroff working on that. And uh, Stuart Hameroff, he's an anesthesiologist that is into consciousness. And who was the other guy fucking... Um, that was Roger helped, Penrose. Ro- Roger Penrose, yeah. Who's a physicist. He's a big physicist. And um, they're going, they're, they're talking about things that would make all this plausible. Which leads me to believe that they've, that I've seen it. I know it's real. So they figured it out, if you ask me. They figured it out. It's just they can't prove it yet. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, yeah. the, the tack that they're coming yeah. in from, I must say. Microtubules in the brain. That part of your brain, you're not a, you're not a digital computer. You're analog. <clears throat> and part of the processes that are happening inside the neurons of your brain are quantum. It's quantum computation. And... It's not supposed to happen in a warm, wet environment, but they're saying that some of the materials inside the dent, inside the fucking like where the dendrites are, there's all these microtubules that seem to be made out of uh, proteins that act as like a, a metamaterial that photons can fucking flow fire down them at basically the speed of light. So each brain cell has got millions and millions of these little things with photons running through there. Well, and then when you start dealing with these subatomic particles, you start dealing with quantum entanglement. And once that happens, fucking it, Newtonian physics is out the window. Certain parts of your consciousness are not, is not Newtonian. It's outside normal space-time. Which means that if you're part of it is outside normal space-time, it could do things like cheat. So it's a way of cheating. Cheating physics. Using consciousness. Sounds fucking crazy. But... They believe it's plausible. And well, I've seen it. I mean, the universe is pretty weird. Yeah, so. the universe is much weirder than you think it is. <laughs> now, the whole thing about fucking George Lucas and the Force, these Jedi and shit, 
He didn't invent that either. That was all Buddhism and Germanic philosophy kind of merged together. Well, yeah, fiction. People who write yeah. fiction, they're like, not inventing like anything. Like me, where did, yeah, you yeah. just get ideas from other. Right. And I got a lot of ideas from like nonfiction, yeah. from like science books I read and like weird cases and shit. I got a lot of ideas from that kind of stuff. Evidently, the Buddhists and some Shinto people over in Japan have back like you know, I think it was seventeen hundreds to the fourteen hundreds around that era. There were some people that had observed poltergeist activity in young girls that were servant girls. And they describe it exactly like a modern poltergeist case. Yeah, and I wrote about some really old yeah, ones like that. Yeah. They had a samurai guy who was in, of the samurai class investigating it. And the girl could make pots and pans, jump around and dance. And could and it would rip silk fabric and, and rip the paper walls when nobody was around. Did weird shit like that. Did things behind your back. And they homed in on this girl who was about 13 who worked there. And he thought it was a an imbalance of yin and yang. An imbalance of, I guess, good and positive energy. Negative and positive energy in her. And his, uh, and his, his advice was to fire that girl. <laughs> so they fired her and it stopped. That's what they usually tell you. Yeah, they said, fire that girl. And, and, and she left and it stopped. Because there have been, I wrote about several yeah. cases too, where it was like a, a teenage yeah. servant girl that was in the house yeah. that they thought was causing the shit. Sebastian, and they knew says, she wasn't doing it with her hands because it would happen while her hands were in plain view. Yeah, something would happen. Sebastian says, "In my investigations, I found that there was poltergeist activity or infestation in properties that had different residents and sometimes empty houses. What happened to Tom could be a different or similar phenomena." I don't know. I don't know what he's getting at. Well, it was Say just it saying that, just saying that it might not necessarily just be from a single person. It might just be from some kind of. So he said he saw some in uh, empty houses and houses that it had more than one. <sighs> Poltergeist resident. cases aren't just the focus. It's not just the kid. It's the family. It's the. It's a group synergy. It seems when you have a certain, when you have a certain group of people around. They can their their effects on each other can cause it to happen. Cause it to happen from that kid. Something didn't happen when I was back at home. It only happened when I was with Lois and Red. It only happened when we were together for that period. Yeah. So it had something to do with the family. Dynamics. Had something to do with family dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, that does seem to be the case. Yeah. Because the weird thing about it is that sometimes, like, there'll be cases where. They thought, oh, this teenage girl or whatever was the focus of it, so they sent them away to boarding school, and then, like, nothing happens when they're out of that environment. Because, what, I mean, what we're saying is that there has to be some kind of synergy between yeah. the other people around, the environment that they're in, and maybe once they're out of that environment, it doesn't trigger yeah. the shit In this anymore. case, in my case, I didn't want to go back home. I wanted to live with Lois or Red and Wes. I didn't really want to go back home. Yeah. So this was in some way, some way of binding us together. Yeah, that's 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 what I believe it was. Yeah, it was like a bonding thing. Almost. Yeah, me and Red fucking against the ghost. <laughs> yeah, we called it a bloast because we needed code words so nobody know what we were talking about. They would never know what we were talking about. When we're talking about a bloast. <laughs> you see that bloast did it through that and this and that. Yeah. Although I think if people heard the whole context, oh, yeah. they would know what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we were goofing. <laughs> Red was fucking, he was brave, man, for a dude who was, he was young, he was in his 20s and had never really seen anything up to this point. <laughs> fucking never really even been anywhere, just some California guy. 
Yeah. He was fucking brave enough to go downstairs by himself in the fucking dark to investigate. Like, after they heard, like, weird fucking They heard that chain pop on the fucking door. But he didn't see it. He didn't see it on his way back up. Next morning, I saw it. He's, he went downstairs and said, uh, that last room, the, the bed's pushed up against the door. I can't open like the door. Like, from the inside? From the inside. Says, and everybody was in there. And I was fucking spooked. That bed was weighed a lot. It, made out of, it was a fucking bunk bed. And I was just a big chilling effect on me. It pushed it from inside. He goes, yeah, I can't open the door. And I was up on, sleeping upstairs on a couch by that time. <laughs> and I was just big chill. I was like, oh. I could feel it watching me. Yeah. Yeah. He's reliving it. Mm-hmm. Now now that we're talking about it, like, shit's yeah. probably going to happen tonight. I nah. was like, how much you, I'll, I bet you $5 that the Xbox comes on by itself nah, tonight. Maybe. Now, it, it is possible that, I mean, I guess that Pookie could be hitting it with her nose or something. No, I was awake. But, when I was awake, yeah. falling asleep and happened. She wasn't around. But, yeah. I, I heard, heard it go, dink. Yeah, it makes a little, like, a little chiming yeah. noise, like, when it comes on. Yeah, and I looked and I saw the little Xbox symbol was on, and I reached forward and grabbed the control and turned it off. She wasn't anywhere near that truck. Oh, that okay. Truck. So that was the only, that was, that was the only explanation yeah. I could think of, yeah. is that po- Pookie went and, like, poked it or something. Electronics, that's easy to mess with. Yeah, that's true. It does happen a lot. But, yeah, so we were kind of interested to explore some of these cases where the focus was not what you would normally see in that kind of it's in the like not an adolescent you know what i mean so so like these are some of these are young adults some of them are older like elderly uh so there's that as well i think i have five cases but you know we'll we'll just see how it goes when we talk about it because i know that uh this is one of tom's favorite subjects yeah so he might have a lot of input on some of these because i think the don decker case is really the only one of these that you're familiar with maybe you know? Yeah, what? I was reading I think the, the Don. I think the Don Decker case is yeah. the only one of these that you might be yeah. real familiar with. The other ones you might not. Yeah. I pr- so I'm, we'll get your insights on, I'm these, pretty, on this other stuff. I, I, unless you dug up anything, anything, any new stuff. I At one time, I, you know, I was totally up to date on Don Decker and everything that it had. I, you know what? I looked yeah. for any updates and yeah. there really wasn't anything. Like I said, last I heard he got out of prison and that was maybe yeah. 2006. 17, 18, something yeah. like that. But it's like maybe later. But I haven't heard anything about him since. You, then. He went to prison because his boss hired him to uh, yeah. burn down the business that they worked at. They were going to split the fucking insurance money. He got five years for that arson. Yeah. But yeah, his boss hired him to do it. It's not like it was doing it to somebody who didn't want it to happen. Just <laughs> insurance fraud. Yeah, that's what that was. I don't know if the boss got any prison time. Probably did. Maybe so. But I know he did, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, poor guy. I kind of feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. They did a, um, Unsolved Mysteries about him back, yeah. in, back in the 90s. That's where I first heard about the case, actually. Yeah. So, these cases, I actually just did them in, like, chronological order. Uh, so, the first one I want to talk about is from 1962. And this is usually just known as the Indianapolis Poltergeist case, or I've seen it called the Beck Poltergeist case. Not that Beck. Uh, that was just their last name. Now, the interesting thing about this case, something I thought was interesting was that this is um, three women in a house. It was a grandma, a mom, and the daughter. Now, the daughter, whose name was Linda, was actually 13. So she was like the prime kind of age for a poltergeist focus. However, um, no uh, account of this case that I've read 
has anything to do with her. There's like, she wasn't even present for a lot of the stuff and it didn't seem like any of the activity was focused around her the way a lot of times it obviously is. They actually thought that the focus in this case was probably the older woman who was 61 at the time um, or possibly the middle, the middle one who was 32, I believe. But um, no account says that they thought it was the 13 year old girl. So that's why this is kind of unusual. There was a 13 year old girl, but they didn't think she was the center of anything. So as I said, this happened in 1962. Now, so this, this is three generations of women living in one house. They'd lived there for uh, quite a while, I believe. It wasn't like they just moved in or anything like that. Uh, but very suddenly, uh, this was in March of 1962, it was a little past uh, 10 at night. Uh, Renate Beck, who was the 32-year-old woman, um, she was at home. Her daughter, Linda, was at home, she, who was 13, like I said. And then she had a mom named Lena Gamecki, who was widowed, and she was 61. Now, Linda, the 13-year-old girl, she was in the living room just hanging out watching TV or whatever. The two older women are in the kitchen just, like, cleaning up or whatever. And then all of a sudden this glass beer mug that had been in the sink like lifted out of the sink and then kind of like went behind a flower pot like that was right there like on the sink or whatever. They saw this? Yeah. They were okay. both in there. All right, yeah. And they just saw that happen. Um, so they're like, what? Um, okay, what, yeah. what the fuck? But they, you know, as you would, they had never seen anything weird happen in this house before. Like I said, they lived here for quite a while. So they just thought, oh, well, there has to be some explanation for that. Maybe it was an earthquake or maybe a big truck went by or something like that. Like, they just kind of came up with something like that. Jen saw the remote fly off the table yeah. for, with some friends were over <laughs> at the time that happened. And uh, they were just kind of stunned. They, they couldn't believe that, that it happened. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't notice that it happened until I saw them. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that did happen. Well, I mean, you don't, you're not expecting you're it, right, for yeah. one thing. And then, and then immediately your brain starts trying to come up with, like, a rational explanation. Like, the yeah. first thing I thought, like, I saw the, the remote go flying. The first thing I thought was, did I kick the coffee table? Yeah. I knew I didn't kick the it's coffee table. It's a glass table. coffee table. I knew I didn't yeah. kick the coffee table. Right. But that was just like the first thing I thought, oh, I must have kicked the coffee table without realizing it. Yeah. And like sent the thing flying. We tried but, to reproduce it and it didn't make the same sound or anything. But, you know, so I thought about it for a second and yeah. then I looked over at yeah. our friends over there and they were just like, their eyes were like this and they were yeah. like looking at me. <laughs> They're like, did you just see that happen? And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I thought I just kicked the table, but I guess not. I didn't. Yeah, it's weird. And we did try to reproduce it, like I said, and we yeah. couldn't. Back in the day, I'd have fucking jumped out of my skin. Now it's just kind of like... be tearing my hair out of how that happened. Why? How did it do that? What did, <laughs> it, what did it mean? What's it trying to tell me? Yeah. That kind of stuff. But we can... I can get, I can, I can get beyond it a lot easier now. Like, yeah. okay, it just, does, it just does things. Yeah, and it's not... Like I said, at, at this point, when I saw this happen in the house, we had already discussed it to a great degree, and I had already pretty much come to the conclusion, the same conclusion that you did, that it's yeah. like it was... A manifestation of you yeah so it didn't really scare me it had already torn it down surprised that yeah it, it surprised me yeah but um you know because i obviously i wasn't expecting it yeah. i was like oh that was kind of neat imagine it doing that every five or ten minutes right that's what it's like when it's really kicked off mm. and a lot of it's happening in rooms that you're not in you hear it happening in there you go in there and you find a fucking ruckus your furniture tipped over and shit can you describe the ruckus? Sir? Yeah. It's making <laughs> patterns on the ground with fucking hand towels and shit. Yeah. Making happy faces and crap. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Fuck is freaky. 
Yeah. Danny Rowling said a TV show revolving around all the paranormal cases that college parapsychology departments handled would be stellar as fuck to see. Yeah, I agree. That would actually be a good show where they took it like more seriously and not just like the stupid ghost hunter shows. Yeah, like an evolved version of the show, A Haunting. They don't, uh, the universities don't have those departments anymore. That's the problem. Yeah, but I mean, you could go back to you when back they to the did. You're right, yeah. I think there's one or two colleges yeah. left in the United States that still have a parapsychology department, but. Military is still interested in it. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Did Project Stargate under a couple different names. It's funny because I've just started, last night, I just started rewatching um, Stephen King's Rose Red. Um, cause I've been wanting to rewatch that for a lot. I haven't seen that shit since it was on TV, like back in 2002. And mm-hmm. so somebody, I was on Facebook the other day and somebody said, Oh my God, somebody, they finally put it on Hulu because I was just looking to watch it the other day and I couldn't find the fucking thing. And then it's like, somebody just put it on Hulu. You know, Hulu just put it on Hulu, obviously. So, uh, I was like, woohoo. So, you know, Tom went to bike night last night. I said, well, shit, I'm just going to sit down with some snacks and like watch this shit. So I'm, I watched the first two parts, but I haven't watched the third one yet. I might do like a thing about it for, um for um my scare salon channel but the but it's interesting because in that uh show in that series the woman who's like the main person she's like in the parapsychology department and her college is in the process of getting rid of the parapsychology department so they're all like making fun of her so she's like hoping if she gets her little ghost hunting team together and they go to rose red and like she gets proof then she'll be able to like keep her job you know what i mean so that's what it remind. That's why it reminded me of that. Ben says maybe Duke University. So I don't. I, don't I know. think it is Duke University is one of the ones. One it ever. might be the only one that's left right. that still has parapsychology. I back thought there in, were two, but I can't remember. What back that in the day in California, the the big one from what I remember, I think I think it was Lois that told me it was uh, UCLA. They had a pretty. Yeah, big yeah, one. yeah. They had one. It was like one of the main ones in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting field of study. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lois like was, if you kept it. <coughs> Lois worked for the Dem Observatory for Dr. Penner, is his name. Like in, what was it, Palomar University, I think is what it was called. Yeah. And Palomar, Palomar Observatory, that's where Lois worked. She worked by, for a guy named Dr. Penner. She knew Carl Sagan. And, uh, that she foxy told, motherfucker. She, yeah, she told, she told the, uh, Dr. Penner about it, and he blew her off. He's like, oh, that's fucking crazy. He came back three or four, day, three or four days later. He goes, no, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, what you're talking about is poltergeist. That's where we first heard the word. Yeah. And he goes, uh, one of my colleagues uh, says that that's a real phenomenon. He works, and he's a parapsychologist. And he, he must have been talking about UCLA. Because they're all kind of, that's all California stuff. But uh, that's when we, that's when the first time I'd ever heard the word poltergeist. And Lois told us that story. A couple weeks after it happened. Right. I said, okay, poltergeist. That's what it was. Yeah. Michael Cernicki says, I feel like I witnessed a paranormal uh, event. I was sleeping, and as I was waking up, I felt something blowing on my neck, and when I opened my eyes, black clouds went into the ceiling. Ooh, that's fucking creepy. Again, I would probably shit a brick. Zach says, oh shit, a scripted drama show about a parapsychology department would be the shit. I agree. That actually would be a really good show. I'd watch it. Um, yeah, so we're talking about Rose Red. Uh, Rose Red is also on YouTube. Was it really? I couldn't find it on there before because I was looking for it like a few months ago because I wanted to because I had just done over on my Scare Salon channel I did um, Stephen King's Storm of the Century and I was like oh man I should, I should do Rose Red because I remember really liking that and I couldn't find it anywhere so I was really excited when somebody told me it was on Hulu because I was like well shit I'm excited. so I watched the first part last and most of the second part last night so I'll probably do it for on my other channel but yeah so it'll take me a while to like watch the rest of it and like 
make a video about it, but yeah. Um, yeah, let me see. Do, do, do. Oh, there was something else I wanted to see. Oh, Camp Guy said, Surreal Estate is a new show about a real estate agency that specialized in haunted houses and selling them. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So uh, can we, let's get back to this because I've only mm -hmm. talked about like one yeah, we gotta, thing. Yeah, we, we do got a lot of shit to cover. Yeah, we got a lot of shit to cover. Like I said, I do I do want your input on the stuff. Yeah, but yeah. It's like we can't get too much off topic or we'll be here all night. And actually they're doing, um, well, I, I don't think it'll take this long, but they're doing um, maintenance on our Wi-Fi yeah. Uh, starting at midnight. Yeah. EST. So. This can't go on long. So we can't. Well, I mean, we still have like like, yeah, well, like four hours, yeah. so it's all right. But yeah, they they told us it might shut off after midnight because they're working on it. So yeah. So uh, so the two women they see the glass mug, it goes behind the flower pot, and they're just like, huh, that was fucking weird or whatever. But then they kind of just like blew it off, you know, like you do. Not too long after that, though, about twenty minutes later. Both of them hear this big crash, like coming from upstairs. Now, at this point, they're not thinking paranormal at this, like, like I said, you wouldn't. Uh, Renate, which I guess is how you pronounce her name, uh, she thought, well, somebody broke into the house. There had been like a rash of robberies in the neighborhood. So she thought, oh, well, the person that's robbing the shit is like, you know, is in here now. So the two older women, they go upstairs um, to find out what's going on, but nobody's up there. They did find out what the crash, uh, what the crash was though. It was this big, huge crystal bowl that had been on a bookshelf up there. Uh, it was completely broken, but they couldn't figure out how it had gotten so far away from the shelf that it was on because it was like several feet away from the shelf that it had been on, and it was all like busted. So they thought that was pretty weird. Later on that same evening, uh, an ashtray, which was also made of glass. Um, flew across the living room and broke. And then another piece of crystal, it was all the, the glass and crystal in the house, like kind of jumped off a shelf and also broke. Now at this point, the family is like, uh, fuck this shit. And they went and stayed in a hotel. <laughs> Cause you know, at least they didn't like hang out. Cause you know, all this fucking shit's happened in their house. They're like, yeah, we're going to go stay in a hotel. So they come back the next day. Now, nothing had apparently broken while they were gone because everything kind of looked the same as it had. But they hadn't been back in the house for that long before pretty much most of the glass and crystal items in the house just started like flying off shelves and breaking um, in several rooms simultaneously, they said. Yeah. Um, it was just like one thing after another. So they didn't really know what to do at this stage. So Renate calls uh, a couple of her friends. She knew this guy named uh, Emil Nozeda and his wife. Like, I think she had been his, um, like, she had worked for him, like, in the past. But they were still, like, friends. She called the cops also. So the cops came to the house. Everybody, the friends came to the house and the cops came to the house. So the first cop gets there. His name was uh, John Mullen. He was a sergeant. And uh, obviously he did not buy that this was uh, paranormal in any way, shape, or form. So he looks around the house. You know, there's broken shit everywhere. And he said, oh, well, maybe you guys were playing your stereo too loud and it was sound waves that caused all of this stuff to come off the shit and break. So they're like, um, bro, 
uh, all we have is this dinky little record player, which doesn't even work. We don't have a big stereo system. We don't have big speakers. We don't have nothing like that. So it's just like, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's like we weren't playing the stereo too loud. So another cop shows up. His name is Ray Patton. And uh, so he's kind of looking around downstairs. And then there's this big, huge crash again from upstairs. And then they all go up there to see what it was. And it was another glass object. It was like a glass swan. And this was in the daughter's room. And this had kind of also flown off a shelf and broken. Nobody was in the room at the time that this happened, apparently. Now, this same cop also uh, claimed later that he saw something kind of uh, extraordinary, like while they were showing him around the house. So we got a police witness. <clears throat> yeah. Well, at least two. There were two yeah. cops at the house. And the friends, like, saw something, too. And I'm going to get into that. So, um, Renate says to the cop, because there's broken shit everywhere, like I said. So she's like, there's this mirror um, that was up there. And it was broken. And she said, that got broken because this glass ashtray flew off the nightstand and smashed into it. And then she says, well, I have these this set of crystal glasses that were like a family heirloom or something like that. And I was really afraid they were going to get broken. Uh, they would, they had all been on display in the room. Now, three of them were already broken. So she was, had already broken like in the poltergeist activity. So she was like freaking out. So she's like, for some reason, I thought like to protect the last three, she put like a hat over them. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. What well, it's like, she didn't know what else to do, yeah. I guess. Um, and so she lifts the hat up and she says, see, I put them under a hat. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't, like I said, I don't know what she was thinking. But she probably wouldn't, what would you do, you know? So he's like, okay. So they all go out in the hall. And when the cop, the cop was the last one in line. And when he's leaving the room, one of the glasses from, that, was, that had been underneath the hat, like, hit him in the back. Yeah. Was the uh, hat still there? Huh? Was the hat still sitting there? Yeah. So it went through the hat? Yeah. Yeah. And then That's it the broke. Kind of shit, like, yeah. it hit his back really yeah. hard, and then it broke. Yeah. It's exactly the kind of shit that we were seeing. Exactly like that. Yeah. It, it either passes through matter or it teleports. It might just teleport yeah. in motion halfway across the room. I'm not sure. Some of the shit that seemed awful odd. You'd look at it. You'd see it. You'd look at an object. Next thing you know, it was halfway across the room flying straight at you and hit, it hit you in the chest. You didn't really see it pick up pick up off the ta off the table and travel half the way just it was just there halfway across the room and hit you so i don't know i don't it's difficult to just it's difficult to know what actual path of the object what it took what path it took it just arrives you don't see it depart it's yeah. weird yeah i mean at this point like everyone's back was to it yeah like everyone's out That's of the typical. room but him it's almost like back it can't, was to it it's almost like it can't really move it while you're looking at it it has to be unperceived, and then it becomes kind of like in a neutral zone, like Schrodinger's cat. You're not sure where its location is, and when you're not looking at it, it's now fair game for that phenomena to manipulate it. You don't see it until it arrives. You didn't see it depart, though. You weren't looking. It's weird. Maybe when you see it arriving, it doesn't have a hold of it anymore, so you can see it. I, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, I mean... Some of the stuff was just moving, though. Like chairs rocking. Right. You know. But it had a weird blur on the back of it. And I was, as soon as I saw it rocking, I just fucking froze and ran. Ran from it. 
Red was sitting there fucking just mesmerized. It had a whole stack of fucking laundry on it. It wasn't falling off. It was weird. Yeah, so that's freaky. Yeah. But yeah, this this part in particular is what kind of reminded me because you were saying how stuff would teleport like or go through objects. Yeah. Because apparently, yeah, so the cop is the last one out. Everyone else is out of the room and his back is to it. So one of the glasses hits him in the back really hard and then falls on the floor and breaks. And then a second later, there was another crash. Yeah. And he turned, and there was another glass broken, but the hat was still there. And he went over there and picked the hat up, and that one glass was still yeah. underneath. That's there. it. That's that's a phenomenon. <laughs> that's a perfect way of describing it. That is a, yep. That reminds me. That's what's like. like. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Whatever it is, it's bending the laws of physics. Some people are going like, "Well, how could it pick this invisible thing, picking things up?" It doesn't. It's almost like it's not using any energy to do it. You know, it's not like. It's not like fucking, you know, Luke Skywalker trying to move the fucking X-Wing or something. It just does it spontaneously, and there doesn't seem to be any energy involved. It's just changed location somehow, and it had energy when it arrived. It's some kind of physics we don't understand yet. Some kind of weird phenomenon. Probably. Quantum. It's quantum physics. Yeah. Whatever's happening is happening in a higher spatial dimension. You're not seeing all of it outside most of what's happening i think is on the, in another dimension or it's quantum entanglement maybe you know about the object so your mind can influence it as long as you're not looking at it because when you're not looking at it it's just potentially in one place or another something like that i noticed that early as a kid it doesn't move something you're looking directly at yeah, that seems like very it common. Yeah, like that it can't move it. Like I, I, you know, I've written about a lot of cases, and I can, I really can't think of hardly any cases where people said they saw something lift up. You know, yeah. usually when they saw it, it was already in motion, already in or it motion. was already yeah. yeah. Whenever they see, whenever the 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 case says I saw something lift up and do this and do that, there are other aspects of that case that make me question it. I think it's a fraud. Although, sometimes it could be a real case. It's just that the person is describing the event inaccurately. They filled in the blanks, saying, I saw it lift up. And right. hit. But really, if you probably reviewed it back, their memory, they never saw it lift up. It was already in motion when they saw it. Yeah, when, I, when I saw the remote control, yeah. I didn't see it physically lift up off the table. It was already in the air. Yeah. Because Ooh. it was... Now, it wasn't, like, out of the corner of my eye. It was just under my field of vision. Because I was just looking, a, like, a two or three feet above it. And it was, like, right... It was really right in front of me. It moved into your field of vision. It mo- Yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. see it pick up off the table. Yeah. I just saw it, like, in the air. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like that every time. Right. Like, it can't move it. If you're looking directly at right. it. Right. When I was looking I was at that one pin, I was backing out of the room... I'd asked it to write something. I was looking at a pen. I was backing out of the room and closing the door. And I was looking at that pen. And I was wanting to see it jump up and start writing. I just saw a flash and it was already halfway across the room. And it yeah. hit me in the chest. Well, that flash might have been me blinking my eye. Right. And it's, it, it, as soon as my eye blinked, it was now in a neutral zone where the force that force could act on it. and Because it, it was probably trying to as long as I was looking at it. The second my eyes closed, it was able to move it. Because there's nothing that could do timing that accurate. Like it's watching your eyeball and going, wait for him, 
to blink his eye. And then I'll throw it. This, it right. couldn't have been that. There wasn't enough time. It was more like it was trying to move it. As soon as my eyes blinked, it, it, it started moving. It started moving. Yeah. It's the only explanation. Because like I said, How I don't... How could you time it? I don't necessarily think it's an intelligence. It's No, it's a subconscious. It's an intelligence. It's just not your waking intelligence. Just not, yeah, but like not the way people would think of it. It's that. the same thing that controls the characters in your dreams. And those characters yeah, see, do I things to good, you. I think that's a good way of putting those it. Those characters do things to you that surprise you, and they say things to you that surprise you, and they come up with your own shit, and some of them even attack you. That's why I'm scared of this thing. It's you, but it's a different version of you. It's, it's running all the puppets. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't worry about it because it's you, but then I think to myself, yeah, but what if you got really mad? Wouldn't someday? be me, it'd be a subconscious version. Right, but it's just, but it's still you. It's still an aspect of yeah. you. And Which, it's like, what if you got so mad that you just like fucking lost your fucking shit and it started doing stuff that hurt me or hurt you? I know, that's what I'm worried Or about. something. Well, Donnie Deckard said it grabbed him around the throat and lifted him up and right. shook him like a rag doll and threw him on the ground. And I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Yeah, I mean. Somebody saw him. Lift up like, like yeah. We'll get to that. There were several yeah. witnesses that saw that shit. Yeah, like I said, I'm pretty skeptical about this stuff. But if everybody kind of how could you be skeptical? Same, you've seen it. No, I know, but I'm just saying. There's certain that, aspects, I'm not sure about. I'm just I'm just saying that if just some random motherfucker said, "Oh, I saw this, yeah. that, and the other," it's like my my first instinct is to like not believe them or think that they misperceived it. But the more witnesses you have that'd be like yeah i saw that shit and they're you know it, it, and they tell you the same story even when they're not like together and stuff then i'm kind of more inclined to think that maybe there's something to it you well know now that saying? you've gotten a little taste of it you haven't even seen it where it's strong yeah when well, like i was I said, 14 it's... that bitch was fucking stellar yeah you'd make, like you, I said, it'd make you a believer in fucking 20 minutes yeah you know? like i said it's weird but because we had already talked about it yeah. so much when i saw it it didn't scare me <clears throat> yeah but you'll have a whole fucking crisis. Like, how could this be? They say this isn't true. This is not supposed to be happening. But I know that this happened and this happened. And there's no other explanation. And I would probably just... Then it continues it, doing honest. things. I'd well, just be we like, were, oh, well, I guess that happened It now. was Yeah, it was a pre-internet <laughs> world and we, we didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Because it's like, that wasn't really... A, you couldn't call the cops. Right. They'd lock you up. <laughs> and when they didn't have any money, couldn't leave. Right. They were young and broke. And mm. I was just a kid. Yeah, it was fucking snowing outside. Yep, it's a very much like The Shining. You were yeah, kind of stuck yeah. there yeah. <laughs> for a little while. We weren't alone though. There were other bungalows, but I, I, and I don't know how many of them were full. Yeah. So, weren't alone per se, but we couldn't tell anybody. We right. were only there for a couple of days. Yeah, you and said you were there for like a week or five not days, even five days, four or something days, like that. five days, something like that. And then uh, went back to Lois's house, and it was happening there. Yeah. So it wasn't the place. That was totally you. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, you'd never been there before. And oh. as far as I know, nobody ever reported any yeah. weird activity up and there. And it got better at Lois's house. So I, it, it was, I had forgot a lot of it. Red reminded me of it because I didn't want to remember it. But he remembered some of the things that it did. Threw that knife and shit. It was weird. Yeah. Mm, okay, so yeah. let's see. Where was I? Okay, so yeah, the thing with the hat. So the glass is still there. Yeah. So these two cops are still in the house. Now, a couple more cops did come, so there were more cops in the house. Also, um, neighbors started kind of collecting around there, being like, what the fuck is it? Because they see all the cops, and they're like, what the fuck is going on? They said they had so many neighbors like around the house and so many looky-loos and stuff that they had to like get cops out there to like direct traffic because they were like clogging the traffic up, you know what I mean? 
Now, the cops that came, because they were still adhering to this, like, um, all of this destruction is caused by sound vibrations theory, they decided they were going to bring some, uh, some equipment to measure and see if this was the case. Uh, you know, they wanted to detect, like, some high-frequency vibrations or whatever the fuck. Um... So they did that, but of course they didn't find anything unusual. One thing that was interesting was that while all the equipment was running, there was absolutely no manifestations at all. But as soon as they turned the shit off, then it started up again. So uh, cops, some cops were still in the house at this point. Um, and then apparently these little fang-like wounds started showing up on Renate, who was the 32-year-old, and Lena, who was the 61-year-old, like, yeah. on their arms and stuff. They Is felt it, it bite? Um, I guess. I'm not really sure, but the cops reported that they saw them, like, you know, just spontaneously appearing. Like, it looked like snake bites or something like yeah. that, like little fangs. Now, the cop that got hit in the back, did he make a statement? Did he say anything about it? I don't know. I guess that's all he said, but, you know yeah. what I mean? That, that's what happened. Yeah. That was just in the report. Cops saw it at the infield, too. Scared him. Yeah. Well, like I said, several Reporters cops... Saw it. Several cops saw this one. Yeah. The infield case, the reporter saw it. He said he saw little Lego bricks bouncing around. And he said, I had a very strange feeling. He well, he got he, hit in the head with a Lego yeah, brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was trying to be a British as shit, you know what I mean? During the interview, he's like, You are yeah, just you, British as yeah, shit. Yeah, you see this, and I, of course, I I had a very strange feeling. He said, I know what you're talking about. You got so fucking scared, you nearly passed out. You get vertigo. Yeah. That's his very strange feeling. He just didn't want to fucking show weakness, I guess. <laughs> well, very no, I mean the Brits feeling. love to. Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. very like they like to like downplay. Yeah, everything. very strange fucking feeling. You know what I, mean? yeah, I got you, bro. Like everything is like understated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, very strange feeling. <laughs> shit, is... shit in your pants. Yeah, nearly fucking losing. That is your a pretty shit. strange feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I get so scared, man, during that first few days <laughs> that I'd fucking get vertigo, like I was gonna pass out. Well, like I said, that's not surprising because yeah. you were a kid. You'd never seen anything like that before. You didn't know anything like that existed. and the, the, I just feared something like that existed. And the phenomena <laughs> that you saw was extreme. Yeah. Uh, by any measure. Yeah. So, I mean, it was very active. Yeah. And then it know. made blood. Them three drops of blood on that the toilet too. paper. That, that, I, that, that had me fucking, fuck, where'd he get that blood? <laughs> Lois has that. Yeah, she's still. she's still got it, as far as I know. We could do DNA tests on that. Because she sent me a picture of it yeah. when we were doing the book. We could do DNA tests on that and see who, whose blood that is. That would be... Uh, I yeah. know. You probably should do that one of these days. Yeah. I don't think it's cheap to do a DNA test, but... And that's not a lot of blood. Yeah. It's three, like, tiny little drops. But maybe they could do it. But I don't... I, yeah, we probably don't have enough money to do it, though. But, yeah, so... Um, so the two older women, they look like they're getting bit by snakes or something like that, like just spontaneously on their arms. Later on, uh, Renate had had a purse, like her purse, and it had $125 in it, like in cash. And um, the purse disappeared. So the cops did not think this was paranormal because they're like, well, look, we've had all these cops and friends and stuff like that through here. So somebody must have taken it. So they locked down the house and like searched everybody but could not find the purse. Like, nobody that was in there had taken anything. So this friend of hers, like I said, her former employer, whose name was Emil Nozeda, who I mentioned earlier, he actually stayed, um, him and his wife stayed in the house with them, like, for the next few days because he was curious about what was going on. Um, and he said in his statement that pretty much every 
piece of glass and crystal that was in the house uh, was broken. Hmm. After that happened, uh, then all hmm. the dishes got broken, and then all of the like all of the furniture started moving around, like couches and shit, like would move around by themselves. Broke all the dishes because it upset them, and then the more they worried about fucking the dishes, the more it broke the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, all the dishes got broken too. Yeah. So man, you was, hopefully yeah. they had insurance on that shit because everything <laughs> is busted. It's pissed off. It, I guess so. Yeah. Um. He also reported that he saw the weird fang wounds. Yeah. Uh, appearing on both Renee's but no and information Lena's that they arms. felt it bite, huh? I yeah. They didn't really say anything about it. It's just this. She just seems like it was mostly like other people that witnessed it. Were they breaking the scan or is it just a? Imp- I guess so because they said it looked like. They said it looked like a fanged animal had bitten them, like a snake or something. Like so little, yeah, but like little puncture wounds. I, okay. They said if there was blood. Like. They would have reported that though. Maybe it's just a bite, like a cat bite. If a cat playing around biting you and it doesn't go through the skin, maybe. Maybe I don't know. That's but I mean, that would still be pretty weird, like seeing that just spontaneously. Yeah. I'd like to know if they felt it or if they just saw it appear. Oh. I mean, I'm sure they probably felt it. Yeah. I would, I would imagine. Did they feel a mouth, or did they just feel the fucking spikes going in? That's, that's you know, weird. Man, if they'd said they felt a mouth, I'm yeah. sure that that would have been reported somewhere. Yeah. Um, so this guy, this friend, who was staying with them, he also said that he was sitting at the kitchen table one afternoon, and they had this, like, hanging lamp over the kitchen table, like, you know, like, like he did back then. And um, it just kind of fell suddenly. So he went up and it had just been hanging like from its wire, like on a nail or whatever. And he's like, well, the nail was fine. It wasn't pulled out or nothing. So he pulled the nail out and put like a stronger one in there and then put the lamp back on. Um, But he said 20 minutes later, it fell again and broke on the table. Hmm. Um, Also, this this guy, uh, Emil, uh, whose wife was also there, like I said, and all three of the women who lived in the house... They're all in the living room. They hear all of this noise coming from the kitchen. And when they go in the kitchen, there were three steak knives, which had been in the, you know, the cutlery drawer, obviously. They were on the floor in a cross shape, okay, which yeah. again was kind of similar to something that you described. Yeah, making shapes. Yeah. Uh, so Emil is like, what the fuck that? So he picks the knives up and puts them back in the drawer. Everybody goes back in the living room. And then they hear another noise a few minutes later, go back, and the knives were right back in the in the cross shape again on yeah. the floor. So uh, so there was also that. Um, there was also, uh, there was a clinical psychologist named David Blumenthal who came, who was called in to investigate this. And uh, also the very famous parapsychologist, William Roll, Mm. Uh, he also came out to the house to investigate. Um, I read a bunch of his books back in the 70s. So, uh, yeah, so he got there. So, like I said, there's a lot of witnesses to this one. Now, so William Roll gets there. He said for the first two days he was in the house, he didn't see anything. But on the third day, he was in the kitchen alone, but he could see everybody else in the house. Like, you know, they were all, like, within his field of vision. So he hears a noise in the hall. He goes to check on it, and there's like a bath brush, like one of the, you know, like to scrub your back or whatever. Um, And it was just sitting like on one of the stairs. And it had just like spontaneously appeared there. And nobody had put it there, apparently. Yeah, it's typical. Yeah, 
It's just yeah, it's just random. Typical shit. shit it's yeah. random shit. This is this is a real phenomenon. Yeah. In other words, I'm saying this is a real case just by what they're talking about. That matches up perfectly. Yeah, like I said. There's no weird. rhyme or reason to it, no deeper message. Just kind of random displays of things that it can do. And they would tend to kind of get a little bit more sophisticated as it went. Like it was learning. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Very weird. But it shows you what's possible with consciousness. Somehow. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, here's another thing that I thought you might find interesting because this is something that we've talked about before, like um, on some other cases that we've uh, talked about, particularly like the Demon House case, the um, yeah. the the one in uh, Seattle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, not Seattle, but outside of Seattle. With what was the name? Keith, Keith Lander. Lander. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so a couple days after that, William Roll has been staying in the house, and he's in the daughter's room. And there was a vase in there that had been in the kitchen, but it was in the it was in her room now. And it was made of glass. Apparently it was this was one of the very few glass items that was still intact at this point. And it fell like right at his between his feet, like just kind of like off the shelf, with a really loud noise, but it didn't break. Yeah. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um and uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. Like that's a pretty common. I know this is like really weird, but it's pretty commonly reported in poltergeist stuff that stuff will hit the floor, and it either makes a lot more noise than you think, or a lot less noise. It's never the right amount. It's never the right amount of noise. Yeah. And you try to recreate it, throw the object again on the same surface, and it doesn't sound anything like that. Yeah. That's kind of like I said. We had that happen with the remote control, yeah, because it made like a much louder yeah. bang than it would have, and it didn't bounce. Um, there was that too, and then I think in the um, the, the Keith Linder case, yeah. like it was just this one of those little plastic, you know, those little round plastic lights. They're like battery powered, and you just like stick them on the wall, you know, and mm-hmm. you just push them, and they come on. One of those fell off the wall, and it made like a like a really really loud ruckus. Even though it was just plastic, it should have just gone, you know what I mean? And yeah. made, like, a nothing noise. So it's like uh, Steve Mara, when he he was like, we went up there and we kept, like, pitching this thing at the floor trying to make it make that noise again, and it just wouldn't. Yeah. He's, like, the, he's like, now we recorded the sound that it made, and he's like, the sound, um, what do you call that? The, oh, um... Spectral meter. Yeah, the, yeah, like, the sound thing. On the sound the, thing. Yeah. The sound thing. Yeah. Um, looked the same. But it was, like, much, much louder, like, yeah. on the first one. But they couldn't get it to do that again. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, well, when it, the remote like, hit, it sounded like a thud. Yeah, Boom. it was like, boom. Like a like brick. Like a brick. Yeah, it sounded like a brick. When we tried to re-fucking re, re, uh, create it, we threw it again. It just sounded like, click, light plastic. Yeah, because it's plastic. Light, light plastic. Yeah, it just went, yeah. like that. It just made that. But it sounded yeah. like a brick the first time. It just went, boom. And it didn't bounce. Which it usually would bounce, because, like I said, it doesn't weigh hardly anything. So, yeah. So, I thought that was really interesting that he reported. And even though it was glass, it hit the floor and it didn't break. Now, several days after Renate's purse had disappeared. Remember how I said the purse that had $125 in it disappeared? Um, She she was just standing there and something brushed against her leg and she looked down and there it was. Um, Now... But was it? Her purse. Okay, purse. Her purse. Yeah. 
Now, there had originally been $125 in the purse. Now there was only $35 in the purse. Okay. Uh, but nothing else in the purse was different. You know what I mean? So that was the only thing. But it just kind of like showed up next to her leg one day. So, and it had been gone for uh, more than a week, I believe. Hmm. But it just appeared. Where if they ever found the money? No, I, I, don't, I don't think they ever did. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it. Poltergeist took it. Took it and hit it. He's a fucking thief. That's yeah. what he is. Can't spend it, so just hit it. <laughs> yeah. Fly inside the wall. Yeah, the poltergeist going to go down to the 7-Eleven yeah. and buy some smokes and like some fucking yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups or something. <laughs> Fuck your money. <laughs> yeah. So I think like a day or two after that happened, um, apparently Lena, the 61-year-old woman had collapsed on the floor and needed help. So the neighbors called, like, an ambulance. You know what I mean? The police and stuff. Now, they get there, and they find her laying on the floor, and she seemed like she was only partly conscious. You know what I mean? Now, while the cops were there, though, and this is kind of interesting, too. I think you'll also find this interesting. While the cops were there, one of the cops, not all of them, one of the cops said that he saw the old woman pick up an ashtray and throw it across the room and push over a piano bench. Okay. Like while she was laying on the ground. All right. One cop said he saw that. So since the cops told, that cop told the other cops about that, they're like, oh, well, that's what's been causing this old yeah. lady, for whatever reason, is throwing shit around. So they arrested her. Yeah. <laughs> Disorderly conduct. Now, Renate, her daughter... She was pissed off. She's like, look, um, you know, my mom has not been doing this and you guys need to take her to the hospital because she's a diabetic and she might be going into shock and, you know, she probably needs medical attention or whatever. So the cops were like, okay, fine. So they took her to the hospital and they examined her and then they released her and then they took her to jail. Now, the next day she was brought before a judge and the judge said, tell you what, We'll dismiss the disorderly conduct charges if you go back to Germany. Because she was, you know, from Germany, obviously. She's like, so within 10 days, you have to go back to Germany. Otherwise, we're gonna, you're going to go to trial or whatever. So Lena said she would. And so they let her go. Now, so here's the thing. I kind of feel like the cops at this point were like, oh, well, it was just this old lady t- doing this the whole time. Couldn't have been. However, yeah, yeah, like all the other witnesses, because like I said, it wasn't just, there was cops there, there was a psychologist, there was a parapsychologist, there was neighbors, there was like a couple of their friends and stuff like that that had seen this stuff. And they're like, look, she couldn't have done all of that. Um, Like, and even like a bunch of the other cops said there was just, there was like, there was shit going on when she wasn't even in the room. Yeah, they said the same thing would happen, but like, um, um, Enfield Poltergeist. I mean, there was obvious psychokinetic stuff going on. But then Janet, the focus, would do something like throw an object. Yeah. But then said she didn't throw it. Maybe she just didn't remember throwing it. The subconscious part of her mind who's using this psychokinesis is doing all this shit. And then maybe there's a little bit of spillover where she fucking throws it with a physical object. But it's it's another consciousness. In other words, kind of like a multiple personality type slightly disorder slight disorder which might be interpreted interpreted as possession you're being possessed by an alternate ego temporarily which that makes sense because the possession case that fucking 
uh, fucking inspired The Exorcist was a poltergeist case. Yeah. Poltergeist phenomena appears to be possession sometimes. It's not, though. It's a psychic temper tantrum. And there's kind of like multiple facets of the personalities fucking, you know, working on each other. In other words, the subconscious mind sometimes taking over. Taking over conscious control of the body. Or taking over control of the body sometimes. So who knows? Maybe, yeah, we saw all those shit flying in that house. Who knows? Maybe every, every now and then I did something and didn't remember it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's possible. Like, you know, I found the word go written on the wall, on, on the wall, on, on the glass. In wax. That's we found it. How do you know I didn't do that and didn't re- and and was and and don't remember it, right? Because it was an alternate part of your consciousness doing it. Because that'd be an efficient way of doing it. Because it'd be like you do you do shit sleepwalking. True. It's like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You have an unconscious part of your, like... your 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 unconscious part of your mind fucking moving your body around. Then you wake the person up and they're like, oh shit, how did I get here? Right. Might have been things like that happening. Maybe that's maybe that's what she was doing when she threw those objects. She was kind of like sleepwalking. She must have yeah, been the focus. It's, it's possible. She must have been the focus. Are you talking about this case now? This old lady. Yeah. Well, but we'll see if that was the thing because, yeah. like I said, that one cop said, "Oh, I thought I saw her throw some shit," which I don't know if he did or not. She but um, so they're like, possible. "Oh." So, so they're like, oh, well, that explains all of it. Mm. But, like, pretty much all the other witnesses were like, no, it couldn't have. Because William Rowland, Dr. Blumenthal, who yeah. had been staying in the house for several days at this point, they're like, look, we tried to preclude that possibility. Like, we kept her in sight the whole time. Like, while there was this one incident where um, in Lena's bedroom, there was, like, this knocking noise coming out that was, like, this um, this picture she had over her bed that was, like, banging against the wall like yeah. that. And it's like, we had her hands in our hands yeah. like she was sitting right there so she couldn't have been doing it you know she what may I mean? have done that but the cops wanted to wash their hands of the case yeah they were probably just like they were no. looking for, somebody right. wanted to be a hero i solved the case yeah that, you know that's, that's part of it but she may have thrown that stuff and done that in an alternate state of consciousness like sleep and sometimes and we've talked about this too and i think we talked about it in particular about the enfield case and you see this in poltergeist cases too is that a lot of times, especially if it's an adolescent, um, you know, there'll be all of this activity and then all these people come to investigate the activity and then nothing is really happening. And so then the focus adolescent gets caught throwing something, for example, like happened in the Enfield Poltergeist case. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that all the other stuff before was them throwing it. I mean, it could mean that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It could just mean that, well, they feel bad because nothing's happening, so it's like they're trying to, like, yeah. stir up excitement or get the people to stay Another or whatever. Another thing I think it is, it's called priming the pump. That, too. <clears throat> You're, you might be before an audience that is skeptical, which might add a bunch of pressure on the focus, even subconsciously. Pressure, performance anxiety. So the kid fakes something to lighten the mood. They go, oh, yeah, it did it. And then all of a sudden, now it's easy to do. Right. Then, the, then the phenomenon fucking starts up. Again. Yeah, you got to psych yourself up. Yeah, so it might yeah. be that. That could be that. Because I could see that. Because I did feel like when we were going to show it to somebody, in my case, there was like this performance anxiety, like, oh, it's going to make you look like a fool. It's not going to do anything. And it would hold back. Right. And then it would do something small. 
to see there it is and then it'd do something big and right it, 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 it performed yeah because for you had to like yeah kind of like prime like greasing the wheels it's almost kind of like the poltergeist has performance anxiety it's like performance anxiety <laughs> exactly. exactly it's like it's like pe pa pa yeah yeah ben said the charge was throwing shit around throwing yeah. shit around yeah. said seems pretty harsh she would only get a fine wouldn't she yeah that's what i would think Maybe they were just kind of threatening her because she's like, ah, she's not like... Wanted her to leave. They, yeah, they, she's an immigrant. We don't want her here. I don't know. Uh, Danny Rowling said, what state does this take place in? This was uh, Indiana. Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana. This was 1962. Now, uh, kind of fueling the theory that Lena, the 61-year-old woman, was the focus of this, was that uh, she did indeed go back to Germany... Uh, you know, as, as she was was uh, supposed to. And when she went back to Germany on March 31st of 1962, I believe, um, the phenomena completely stopped. So it would seem uh, that she was probably the one causing it. There have been some theories that maybe it was Renate, the 32-year-old, um, because her and her... Uh, the relationship she had with her mother was very uh, ridden with conflict, I guess. It was very contentious. Um, so it could be that she was causing it, but it does seem, in light of the fact that as soon as she left the house or left the country, um, it stopped. I believe there were like a couple of other isolated incidents like here and there, but nothing like this whole like glass-breaking furniture-moving shenanigans that happen like all of that stuff like completely stopped as soon as uh lena gamecki went back to germany and moved out of the house so it would seem that this 61 year old woman was probably the focus of this poltergeist again very very unusual but it could be like according to um everything that i've read and like the stuff that we've talked about and everything like that anytime that there's this kind of really contentious family relationship I don't think necessarily it has to do with the person's age, even though obviously, you know, when kids are going through puberty or stuff like that, it's this really tumultuous time. And then if you have family drama on top of it, then that's going to fuel the fire even more. But I mean, it could happen with an older person. Like you weren't here, but as soon as that woman moved back to Germany, all the shit stopped. Yeah. Which would seem to indicate that she was probably the one yeah i don't think it has to be a young kid yeah not necessarily it's just yeah it just usually is but i don't think that's always the case right i don't think that's always the case um and and well apparently i could do it every now and then right it's not as good as it was yeah although if i believed i could get it was as good as it was it could probably come back yeah i I just don't want it yeah, because you don't really know. I don't know what, what it's it, going to do, yeah. I mean, I, I know you. I've known yeah. you for a long time, and your subconscious is a very scary place. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. and I don't know if you have complete control over it. I don't think so. So it's like, yeah. I, I might have to. The dark side of the force. That's what I mean. Yeah. So it's like, I might have to like start wearing armor or something like <laughs> that, because you just like start pitching shit at me. Probably Although, like, anything to do with you. No, probably not. Like, you don't really just... seem to get like all that fucking... Wouldn't have anything to do with you. It would do it. It would do stuff for itself. Right. But just still, like that's scary yeah. enough in itself. Yeah, because I don't know what it wants. <laughs> well, and that's what I like mean. Id. And I think it's even, and know? I think even the most insightful person, yeah. 
doesn't know what kind of like fucking uh, nefarious like thoughts you have down there sometimes. Because yeah. shit, I consider myself like a pretty insightful person. It's like every now and then, like I'll have some kind of thought being like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? You know what yeah. I mean? So, and I think everybody has that. And also, you don't know how you're going to react in a certain situation, too, like that you've never experienced. So I kind of feel like a lot of a, a lot of your own uh, subconscious, a lot of your own consciousness is really not known to you, yeah. too, which is kind of frightening to think about. So, yeah. it, so if you had something that was reacting to that that wasn't in your control, then there's all kind of like scary shit that could happen. Yeah, looking back on it, it's like it was trying not to cross certain... Um, rivers. You know, I mean, certain boundaries right. that didn't seem to cross. Never touched anybody in anger. It never really threatened anybody. Well, that's good. It never seemed to want to go out of its way to scare you away. It wanted you to watch what yeah. it could do more than anything else. You'd get scared because you don't know what the fuck this thing is and what it's doing. But it'd make happy faces and shit. And I, I guess it's just trying to say it's all good. But you could interpret that happy face as something sinister, too. It's just something creepy because it appeared out of kind nowhere. Of, it is kind of creepy. Like, is it laughing at us? You know, what is it doing? You know? Yeah, that could be interpreted lots of different ways. Right. <laughs> it's not necessarily it's happy because nice. it's going to kill us with the power. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I, by then we knew it wasn't going to hurt us. Yeah. But still, it was just creepy. But see, you don't know. You never yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, they don't usually. It's um, an outside force, and you're not in control of it. Right. So you don't know what... It seemed to try to make friends, kind of, but then it would go off and do some other shit that would fucking spooky, you know? Yeah. It just wasn't real consistent. I mean, the most violent thing that it did while we were, <coughs> you know, while, while I was experiencing it, was tearing that shit off the... Off the, off the counter. Off the, um, off the, the cabinet. Off the cabinet, yeah. And breaking all that stuff. Yeah. But I wasn't home at that time. You, right. But you were, like, really mad about something. You wasn't yeah. mad at me. You was just no. mad about something else. No, and it fucking sounded like fucking uh, a huge crash. <laughs> it was instant. All yeah. of it at once. It wasn't right. like a process of this falling and that one falling. And this, it was all of it at once. Bam. Yeah. Three of them horses and pulled that shit, pulled that molding down in, in whole. It, did, it was... It was that piece of molding was probably about five feet long. Yeah, about and, that. And it would snap easily. And it was nailed in. But the nails had pulled out, and it was on the ground intact. Like somebody had wrenched it off. Like the whole thing. Yeah, without breaking it. Right. Yeah, it came and off in one piece. I just nailed it back piece. up. Yeah, it came off in one and piece. And then the nails were still sticking yeah. out like that, like that. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that by hand. Yank that thing off of there without yeah. breaking it. It yeah, because it's, it's flimsy. It's flimsy. It's just that little wooden, like yeah, not even wood. It's like that fake. And it came crashing down with everything else just in one stroke. Pow! Yeah. Like, how the fuck did that happen? And the, and the the nails weren't even straight. They were all fucking bent. Yeah, they're all bent and it's, sticking out. Yeah. Like, so how like did I said, somebody that wrenched like that? that. It looked like somebody wrenched it forcefully, uniformly without yeah. fuck right. a uniform like. amount of fucking pressure on it, without snapping it. It just was pulled it off. And it didn't pull it off and throw it down. It was just boom. Yeah, it all just came down. Boom. And it and it yeah. came out. Out. All, yeah. All, like it didn't come down. Not straight it, down. If out. it went straight down, it would have gone onto yeah. the onto the stove top. It was five or six feet out from where it was on the counter. Yeah, like near the like on they the all island. Threw out in an arc, in, in an arc, but faster than a fall. Bam. Yeah. All of it. See, but that like whatever had it had a hold of it the whole time. Right. The point I'm making is that if it can do that. 
then and you were not in control of that you were just mad and it did that when you turned your back then it could do lots of different things and like i said that's kind of the same case here it's like this was basically like fucking pitching yeah big heavy crystal bowls around and shit like that that could easily just like wing that at your head and kill you yeah you know it doesn't usually you know i don't think i've i don't think i've really heard of a case where anyone was killed by you know rocks falling from the ceiling or you know somebody pitching up but that doesn't mean that it couldn't happen yeah you know what i'm saying anytime it threw anything at me it fucking was shot like that pin it shot it at me like a fucking bullet and it hit me. It sounded like it was fucking hard. Clack! But it's, I didn't feel it very much. And it, and it went back into the room and bounced off my wrist. Bam! Like that. Like a bullet. Yeah. That's but it, it, it was loud, but I, it was like it pulled the punch. It, it, it didn't hurt. Right. It was weird. Yeah, maybe it just kind of wanted to be like, fuck with you. But yeah, no. whatever it had, it had it the whole time. I could see it as a streak, you know, underneath my field of vision. It went, and went back into the room. As I was shutting the door, Red was standing right behind me. He jumped. We both jumped out of our skin. He says, did you see that? And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I says, that didn't happen. And he goes, yeah, it did. He says, no, 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 no. That didn't happen. I went, went into denial. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I yeah. mean, this case in particular, it does seem like William Roll, the other psychologists that were there, stuff like that, really do seem to think that Lena, the 61-year-old woman, was the focus. Because, it's like, most of the shit happened when she was present or seemed to be focused around her somehow. And the fact that it all stopped when she left, like, abruptly, um, would seem to suggest that she was probably the one at the center of it. So, again, very unusual for a 61-year-old woman to be the focus of poltergeist activity. But, uh, apparently, the case here. So, uh, I think it's time for another drink, actually. Yeah, Demigod says, great show, he has to leave. You, you can watch uh, it recorded. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll be here for another little while, because that was only the first case. But that, I think that was the longest one, though. Yeah. So, this case, this, is all, this one has always fascinated me. Um, because this is not only kind of an unusual case of, like, an old cat. He wasn't that much older. I think he was 19 or 20, like, uh, who they are pretty sure the focus was. But this was interesting because it took place at a workplace and not like in a house which you don't usually i know there's there's that one kind of famous what was it um rosenheim or i can't remember what one it was but that one with that girl that came to work at that office and like all the lights would swing behind her and shit like that um so that so that was a workplace one but this was a workplace one that i think you don't hear as much about and i think it's kind of interesting because it happened in miami uh right here in miami florida well, we're not in Miami, Florida, but we're in Florida anyway. So this one happened in 1966. And I don't even know if this one has a name. So, so the Miami Poltergeist, um, the name of the company where it happened was called Tropication Arts. So I don't know if it's called that somewhere, but I usually just see it called Pol- the Miami Poltergeist. So um, this didn't last very long as a lot of poltergeist outbreaks don't. But it was very destructive and very, very active. And a lot again, there were a lot of witnesses uh, to this one. And this was another case where shit just, like, started happening spontaneously. Like, people had been working at this warehouse for, like, a really long time and nothing had happened. But then all of a sudden, ba-bam. Like, 1966, all of this kind of shit started happening. So, like I said, this company was called Tropication Arts Incorporated. Uh, this was a wholesale company um, based out of Miami. 
And their whole thing was that, you know, all if when you come to Florida and you go to like International Drive or something and there's like all those cheesy tourist shops where they have like all those like ugly mugs and, you know, alligator shit and stuff. Well, not alligator shit, but you know what I mean? Like shit with alligators on it. Um, stuff like that. That was what this company made. They made like mugs and beer steins and stuff like that had like Florida shit on it. You know what I mean? Like tourist shit. Yeah. I think that's good. Like a gift actually, shop. I think that's actually made Mexico out stuff in it. Well, this wasn't. This was made. This was made. made, This was in Miami. Okay, they made it right there. So they made it right there. Okay. Uh, But yeah, they they painted them there, and so so it was like this big warehouse. I don't know if it's still there or not. Probably not. So um, so what happened? This was like the end of 1966 in December. Now the first thing that happened was that you know people come into work and they find these. They had these uh, like beer steins. They were made out of this amber glass. Yeah, I remember those. And um, the bunch of them were broken on the floor. Now, they didn't think anything about this. They're just kind of like, oh, well, maybe a box fell off a shelf or something like that. Like I said, that's what you would think. But then it started to seem like every day, like the employees would show up to this warehouse and there was always glass broken. Like, you know, there'd be glass broken in the aisles or like a box boxes would have fallen off and there was like just shit all over the floor and they started to notice too that every time that something fell off a shelf or something was broken it was always in an aisle where nobody was you know what i mean and it was usually from somewhere either where nobody was or that was from like too high up for anybody to reach you know what i mean like you'd need a ladder to get up there so it wasn't like somebody was just going wee and like going and like knocking shit off you know what i mean so it was that kind of thing. And it's happening while they were in there working? Sometimes, but then sometimes they would come in in the morning and there would just be shit broken. So they'd be working, they'd hear the glass break, or they just find yeah, some Yeah, sometimes. Right. So um, so you got your warehouse manager, his name was um, Alvin Laubheim, and the owner of the place, his name was Glenn Lewis. Now, obviously, they didn't think anything paranormal was going on. They just thought, like, some of their workers were idiots or were just dropping shit or were breaking shit on purpose, um, you know, just to be assholes. Uh, and all the workers said, no, man, like we don't, we didn't touch it seriously, but you know, they're losing a lot of money. They're losing a lot of stock because all of this stuff is broken. Right. So as the next month goes on, um, the activity start seems to increase. Right. Um, and at one point the manager and the owner decide, well, this can't be the employees doing this because, there was just shit broken everywhere and there was stuff that was like it would happen when no one was in there and like stuff would happen like over there when everyone was over here you know what i mean so it was that kind of shit so like well there has to be something else going on um and sometimes some of the employees would even see stuff falling off the shelf like like things would fall off the shelf like one thing two thing three thing like that and like nobody was there wow you know what i mean so they would see that kind of shit um, just bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam, and I believe from a distance. Huh? I believe at least a dozen witnesses reported seeing yeah. shit just falling off, like in sequence, yeah. like off of the shelf. Is and, it coming out in an arc? Did they give any any t- details? Well, we'll get into that, okay. like in a second. Right. Um, so obviously, the people that work in this warehouse are starting to flip out because they're like, "Oh my god, this shit is fucking haunted! What the hell is going on?" Like for real, like they thought it was like something bad was going on. So the manager calls the cops. Um, and he actually told the cops, as far as I know, that he thought it was a ghost. Um, and he's like, look, there's, I know this sounds weird, but there's a ghost in here. He's breaking all my shit. So 
<laughs> Please come here and see what you can do about it. So they had a cop come out. His name was William uh, Killiam. And he comes out and he's just like, oh my God, I can't believe I get this fucking detail. But he comes out and he saw some of the shit as well. Like he saw some of the shit just falling. And he's like, oh, that is fucking weird. So he calls a couple of other officers. Like he's like, yeah. you guys got to come see this shit. So a bunch of other co- officers come. And they also had the same thing where they'd all be standing over here. Nobody's over here in this part of the warehouse. And they hear a bunch of shit like just falling off the shelves. And then they go over there and it's like all this shit's broken. So it seemed like, you know, much like you were saying earlier, like shit doesn't happen when you're looking directly at it. It would always kind of be a thing where, you know, you'd be in this aisle and in the next aisle over, you would hear all this shit smashing and then you'd go over there and look. And then like something in this aisle you were just in would smash. Like it would do that kind of thing. Yeah, because it can't. It's not trying to be clever. Right. I'm I'm convinced that it can't alter it the location of that object or add any kind of energy to it while you are consciously looking at it because you are confirming its fucking location location in space space and time and and what its status is. When you're not looking at it, it's potentially in a place. And whatever does this is in that same place where potential is. So it can only act on it when you're not looking at it because that's where it is. That's, That's where that force is. The only way I can describe it. That's yeah. what I feel like it was. I mean, that does make sense. Yeah, it's on the same wavelength with But yeah, with, they, when you're not looking, when nobody's looking. They said that was pretty common, that like shit would break in this and everybody would run over to see what it was and then shit would break in the aisle that you were just in. They said that would happen mm-hmm. all the time. Now, interestingly, there were two witnesses, uh, two employees at this place, and they said that they actually did see a couple of items before it fell. They said that the thing on the shelf would vibrate and yeah. bounce a little bit okay, up yeah. and down and then it would lift up and fall out like okay. that. Yeah. They said they they, they said they the saw whole, that. They saw Right. I wonder if they actually saw the whole process or were their I don't eyes know, dancing but, around were they blinking I don't but know. But that's what two people reported seeing that. So they I said saw it, it was kind sh- of like sh- vibrate like that. I saw that shelf. plastic shot glass fall through all those shelves and hit the bottom and go for a second. And I was looking at it while I was going Maybe there's just certain kind of motion it can do while you're looking at it, but then there's other things it can't do. Yeah. Or maybe it's just harder when you're looking at it. I don't know. But it seems to prefer it when you're not looking at it. Yeah, because like I said, it seems like most of the time you see yeah. stuff when it's already in motion. Which, it's which happens here like it would happen like the next aisle over. Like but then you got to ask yourself, you're confirming where it is when you're looking at it, but you can't see the backside of it, of that object. Mm-hmm. Maybe the backside of that object, its location is not confirmed because you can't see that side of it. Right. It's, it can, though. So it moves the backside of the uh, object. The front side is just connected to it. Maybe it's something like that. Yeah, I don't possibly. fucking know. I don't know either. I don't know how quantum physics works. If anybody tells you how quantum physics works, they're lying. Well, even because physicists the, will tell they you They will tell you because <laughs> they don't know how it works. So, like, we're not really sure either. Yeah. And we're experts in this shit. Yeah. They're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. The universe well, is it's, not... It's weird. It's not... It's counterintuitive. Th- th- three-dimensional space is not what it appears to be. That's really what he gets down to. Space-time is not what it appears to be. Time may not be re- all that real. That's another right. thing. So there's a lot of problems. We're just perceiving a world through senses. And that's not the way the world really is. I mean, we just have like a little meat computer up here. Yeah. We're not really equipped... To really understand what to deal is. with, like we only yeah. we can only understand like just what we needed to do. Yeah, 
Which isn't all that complicated. The father of physics that got 99% of it figured out was fucking Isaac Newton. We mostly live in the Newtonian world. There's real simple shit. Like a gravity and fucking how things bounce and how things move. When you start talking about Einsteinian stuff and fucking quantum physics and fucking dilation of space-time, really advanced concepts, we don't really live in that world. We're not traveling close to the speed of light. All that's imaginational exercises that turn out to be re- real. Yeah. We know it because of satellites. you got to adjust their clocks. Yeah, a moving you... satellite, its clock is not running the same as yours. No. Clocks, there is no universal clock to say what time it is for everywhere. Everybody's got their own clock depending on how fast they're moving. Relativity, bitches. Right. Now, here's another thing. <laughs> You're in a piece of space, and your clock is running one at the rate you think is normal. But on the other side of the universe and the universe is expanding, a place at the edge of the visible universe is now accelerating away from you at, at near the speed of light. So that clock is not running the same as your clock. Nope. All right? Even though that guy's clock, he seems to be normal and your clock isn't, isn't running right. Because more space is being added. It's bubbling up and things are being pushed apart. They're not traveling through space. Just more space is being added. Yeah. In between all this, this which, like I said, is weird. It's counter. You're just being drunk along it. It's like being on the surface of balloons blowing up. Because that's not our day to day experience. It's not your day to day experience. But like I said, our day to day experience is, uh, to a large degree, dictated by our little meat computers, which are awesome and complex, but not complex enough to really. That guy, that guy at the edge of the universe that's that's moving away from you near the speed of light. If you were to see him through a telescope, it's not possible. But if you were to see him as a telescope, he'd moving real slow. Like yeah. his clock is moving, and then he would just fade away. Yeah. Like where'd that fucker go? <laughs> <laughs> you he should vanished. Teach, you he, should teach physics classes. Yeah, but people he, would learn it good. He like, vanished away. Where'd that fucker go? <laughs> where'd that fucker go? He, he would probably be frozen, and you'd probably see right. him for billions of years not moving. Yeah. And then it would probably just fade away eventually, <laughs> as the photons stop arriving. Right. You know. But fucking, yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah, the photons would stop arriving. And he'd be long gone, and that dude, that dude slipped away into another fucking version of space time because the space that he's occupying is moving away from you faster than the speed of light. Yeah. Even though he's not moving the speed of light, that just more distance is being added in between those right. two points. It's bubbling up, expansion of the universe. Well, fucking time on your end and his end is totally different. Yeah. They're not. You're like in a new universe, or compared to each other. Yeah, we're not, it's crazy. Though. It's crazy. You're in the same. We just don't. We are not accurately perceiving space and time and energy and matter. Because, like I said, we didn't. We don't we know never enough about. Needed to. Right. It wasn't really germane to our day to day. It didn't needs. have anything to do with running down deer and right, killing exactly. animals and that's and making where we furs came and making from. clothes. That's what we come from. Right. And uh, I mean, to be honest, I kind of. I, I'm kind of like an optimist in that way because I'm like, look, our human brains were built for that, yeah. but look at all the shit we figured out. I'm like, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, and then you that's look at pretty a, good. You look at a wasp from the point of view of a wasp, it, its universe is totally different because it's just seen it through senses that are nothing like ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that always kind of freaks me out too. Yeah, like, they'll never the, like birds and insects and stuff like that. They see different, um, you know, visual spectrums and their experience, their senses are different. Sure, their their, their sense of hearing, I don't think I don't think they have it. 
fucking it's like, yeah it's not right it's yeah it's like vibrational hearing yeah and they like i said their vision is completely different yeah too. i think they're they seeing see, ultraviolet yeah stuff. they see in a different um spectrum and the way they fly around, like the speeds they fly around and stuff like that, probably uh, it alters their perception. Somewhat. They're like them fucking xenomorphs, man. They think it's totally normal to like, <laughs> impregnate a fucking paralyzed creature, and you're young, just live in it and eat it. And then yeah, it they're comes like, out what fully else? formed. Comes out fully formed, yeah. Whereas humans be horrified. Yeah, and it comes out knowing it. everything it needs to know. Hey, what's up? I've just been born. Let's go to work. <laughs> that, that kind of universe. Man, happen. I wish human babies were like yeah. that. You all ready to go to work? Yeah. <laughs> The baby would just pop out, and it could already feed itself, and yeah, like get a job enough, and get a job and everything. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, fucking humans, we're pathetic. Now yeah. I mean, well, I mean that's the whole reason. Like our brains are so complicated that it yeah. takes a long time for us to get up to speed. And they're all pretty much exactly the same. They're like clones of each other. Yeah, like if not babies, like humans, uh, not not human babies. We're talking I mean, about like, wasps, insects, insects. They're stuff. all yeah. clones. Yeah, yeah. Although I kind of I suspect that they might be. Well, like bees and shit, like I think are smarter than we give them credit for. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that right now. Um, I, actually, I think all animals are probably smarter than we, we give them credit for. We gotta give it a case, Jim. Yeah, no kidding. We're running out of time. <laughs> we're not running out of time. Okay. It's only nine o'clock. It's we're fine. Like I said, the first case was the longest. Like we can just, you know what I mean? Okay, so all of this stuff is happening at this warehouse. So this paranormal investigator named Susie Smith, she's the first one to show up, um, and she stayed. She would come there, like, every day, like, every weekday, and, like, stay there all day and log all of the weird shit that was happening. So she logged, like, hundreds and hundreds of uh, incidents. And then good old William Roll, again, he showed up for this one, too. Uh, he also brought uh, Jay Gaither Pratt uh, with him, uh, also a parapsychologist. So they came in uh, in late January of 1967, and they just very quickly honed in on this one area. They said most of the stuff that gets thrown or broken or whatever is in this one particular area of the warehouse. All that was there, it was like a couple of desks, like um, some shelves. There was like three shelves like that and then one like along the back wall. Um, they also said that almost all of the objects that were thrown or broken were either those glass beer steins, like the amber glass, or they had, like, these highball glasses that had a zombie on them. Um, hmm. So those were, like, other shit was thrown around, too, but that was, like, the overwhelming majority were those two things for whatever reason. Now, the other thing that they noticed, getting back to the actual topic of the show, was that whenever shit happened, it was always when this one worker was there. Now, this was a 19-year-old young man named Julio Vasquez. I, uh, I remember this case. He was, uh, yeah, yeah, he was Cuban. Yep. And he was a shipping clerk. And pretty much everything that happened was when he was in the area. Yeah. Like, shit did never happen when he was off work. Like, it was always when he was there and always when he was close by. Um, and whenever he was in a bad mood, the stuff would be, like, a lot more intense. Like, it would happen a lot more. Uh, and like I said, when he wasn't at work, like, nothing would happen. Now, William Roll and uh, Dr. Pratt were there for 10 days, I believe. And they uh, concluded that Julio was probably the focus uh, and that he was causing the shit uh, through RSPK, obviously. Now, uh, one thing that was kind of interesting... <laughs> It'd be what, funny if they docked his pay. <laughs> okay, yo, it's you're breaking all, You're breaking all this shit. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Um, 
Now, one thing that was kind of interesting about this particular case, too, was that sometimes uh, the poltergeist, the entity, whatever you want to call it, would actually do stuff that the parapsychologist, like, asked it to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Ours ours responded to requests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this, this also did that. Yeah. Like, so what William Roll would do was he would take some of the, like, highly breakable stuff. Like, I'm sure the manager was, like, pissing his pants in this book. Like, oh, my God, you're breaking all our stuff. But it's just like, you know, the poltergeist was already breaking it. So what are you going to do? And he's like, so he would take this stuff and then he would move it to, like, one part on the shelf where, you know, a bunch of stuff had broken before. And then he's just kind of like, hey, break that stuff or move that stuff or whatever. And almost always it would do it. Yeah. So it ours. Yeah. So... It, it was pretty much so so he's like yeah it was very responsive like to requests um now one thing he wanted to see if julio was doing this um if he was just the focus or if he was like doing it like consciously consciously or physically right, right. so he's like so he takes one of the zombie glasses and he puts it on a shelf behind like several feet behind where julio was working and then he just, like, kept an eye on him, like, from behind the fucking shelf or whatever. So Julio at the time, he's he was working, so he had a clipboard in one hand, and then he had, like, some kind of alligator thing, like, in the other, like, a toy or a mug or something, in the other hand. So he wasn't looking back there. He didn't know what was going on, nothing like that. He was kind of crouched down. Um, and, you know, there was stuff in both of his hands. And still, the glass behind him just went, shoop, and crashed on the floor. And... William Roll said, I was looking at him the entire time. He did not turn around. He did not touch that glass. He didn't do anything. It was like four or five feet behind him. Um, you know, and he didn't do anything that would suggest that he was like faking it. Um, so yeah, nobody had been there. It just did it by itself. Now, another thing that William Roll decided to do, he took this whole box full of the beer mugs. Again, the manager is just like, oh my God, no. But yeah, so he takes a whole box of beer mugs and he puts it, um, he, he goes to like one of the most active areas and he puts it on this shipping desk, like he puts it on top of a desk, like almost, almost kind of like baiting the fucking poltergeist into like, yeah, break all this shit. Uh, and you know, it just obviously, uh, the poltergeist took the box, the whole box, picked it up off the table and went onto the floor. All of the mugs didn't break, but three of them did. Um, Julio was in the area. But he was five or six feet away from the desk and had his back toward it. So obviously he hadn't done anything. But he was there. Um, the only other person that was in the warehouse at the time that that happened was way on the other side of the room. So obviously it did it by itself. The phenomena, the phenomena is fast. Yeah. It also has dexterity. It can stack objects. It can make shapes that make sense. It evidently can either teleport matter or make it penetrate matter like you know things come from somewhere i guess it came through the wall i don't know or like i said that that one glass came out of that hat through that hat and hit that cop in the back yeah which means that it matter doesn't mean much to it matter is mostly empty space anyway true so uh Either it moves it into a higher dimension or it just grabs hold of it somehow and just moves it right through another object and none of the atoms even hit. But this is what I want to know. It can break these glasses. Can it put one back together? 
It never seems to do that, though. No. I guess because it's much easier to, like, to destroy it. something than yeah. to create something. But what, I wonder what would happen if you challenged it. Like, I want you to put that broken mug back together. I wonder if it Just would, like it was. I wonder if it would try. Or would it try to fool you and just take it away and put a new one there? Put a new one there. That would probably be easier. Yeah. Just See, like buying somebody a new thing if, they, if you broke something would do. in their house. It would probably take the old, the old one away, the broken pieces away, and, and put, put a new one, one there. Yeah. And, and, and try to fool you. That's what I predict. Because all the energy that it would take. I mean, it takes yeah. much less energy to just like break yeah. something than put it back together. The yeah. Way it but it had a dexterity. Right. It might be able to fuse things back together. I don't know. It can make matter. It can make matter penetrate through other matter. Can it rejoin two pieces that have been broken? I'd, try, I'd start with something easy like a glass rod. See if you could get it to fix. Yeah, there was just like two pieces. Just two pieces to put together. Just... Yeah. And see if it would try. Because it would. It would. It would fulfill requests if it could do it. It. The only thing it threw a tantrum was we asked it to write. It did you not want to do no, that. No, just threw the pen. Just threw the pen at him. Yeah, it didn't want to like, give fuck up. Fuck you! I'm not writing. It didn't want to give any information. Because you want you asked what its name was, right? Yeah, all kind of how old it was, stuff like that. It didn't. It didn't want to give any information. It just wanted to demonstrate what it could do. Right. And keep you occupied, keep you watching it. <laughs> yeah, so remember how I said the witnesses earlier said that they had seen, like, some of the stuff on the shelves and they thought it would, like, vibrate and, like, lift up a little bit? Yeah. So the parapsychologist wanted to check and see if this was the case. Um, and also they wanted to make sure that shit wasn't just like sliding off the shelf, you know, just like falling off. So they're like, what they did was they took some of the glasses, you know, that were, you know, very commonly broken and they would push them back and then they would put notebooks in front like that. That were only like that high. And then it, so the, and then they sat and watched them. Now, interestingly... Some of the objects that they had pushed way back and put notebooks in front of still ended up broken. So obviously they were lifting up a little bit because the notebooks were still there. Yeah. But the shit behind them had come out and broken. So obviously yeah. they were lifting up at least two inches okay. before they came out and broke on the floor. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Now, the, these two parapsychologists, they said they logged about um, 13 incidents where they had put a target item in a spot and watched it until it jumped off the shelf on its own. 13 incidents of that. They, they, they were logged. actively looking at it? They, well, they were actively looking at okay. it when it did it. All right. Uh, and they were also watching everybody that was at work. Um, and, you know, obviously nobody was near the shit. Now, when they did try, and this is very common too, and this is again why, like a lot of skeptics say, is like, why don't you take a picture of it? They did say that they tried to take picture and video and stuff like that, but when they would turn the cameras on, nothing would happen. Yeah, that sounds typical. Right. So um, you, you could never catch it in the act. Yeah, it was too fast and unpredictable. And those, yeah, I mean, and, and these like, are the cameras back then. Right. Yeah. This yeah, was, 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 was nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, this big ass, expensive cameras. And right. It was expensive to record anything cell phone of today would be a lot handier and I could have never caught anything that's happened recently with cell phone it's just well because you're not ready you're not ready for it you're not even thinking about it you're, you're not just, expecting it just does yeah. shit when you're right. not right. thinking about it for the same reason why 
girls don't catch serial killers that kill them on their cell phones. They weren't expected it. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like, who the fuck thinks it's like, oh, right. I should take a picture of this motherfucker. Right, well, you know they're I mean? even... Poltergeist is even faster than that. Right. And more in, unpredictable than that. You'll never catch it. Even if you know that it's going on. We had a Polaroid camera at Mammoth. We could only capture the aftermath. We could never catch anything in motion. Yeah, so it's like yeah. when you see the photos, you're like, well, why did they take a picture of that? Yeah. But they were taking a picture of it because... That was all we could catch. That was all what we could did. Of what it did. They're right. in the book. The pictures are in the book. Now I'm not in Poltergeist. Yeah. But it's just... Yeah, and Polaroid camera, like, you used to be... What, it used to be like 10? Yeah, they were almost like a dollar a photo. Yeah. They were, yeah, it wasn't cheap. Yeah, you know, we were It was fucking... 10 or 12, like, in one packet that yeah. you stuck in and the and I think Polaroid. we only had one packet of them things. Yeah. And they just took pictures of, like, oh, of look, it's a rocking could. chair. Rocking it's chair like, upside it's down. It's a bed with, like, towels on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They took pictures of that. Yeah. Because that, and that's why. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's all If you just get. saw them out of context, you'd be like, why the fuck would you take a picture of that stuff? But, yeah. It was things that it did. Yeah. But that's the thing. But, yeah, so, apparently, this whole entire time that um, the parapsychologists were there, um, they logged about 150 incidents that they personally witnessed of just random objects moving, right? That they couldn't uh, explain. Um, now, they couldn't find any evidence that anyone was doing it. Um, they couldn't find any natural explanation, earthquake or anything like that. So they figured that, like I said, probably RSPK or, you know, poltergeist. It was Julio. Recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. Yes. It recurs over and over again. It's spontaneous. You can't plan for it. <laughs> it's psychokinesis. Somehow the mind moved it. You right. Know, don't know how. It's a subconscious mind. I wasn't consciously able to do it. I could consciously astral project, though. But it was better if I didn't expect that, too. That was a lot later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, William Roll also noticed something very interesting, which maybe you want to weigh, weigh in on. He said that um, Julio Vasquez, who was the focus, they thought, um, the items that fell from the shelves or flew from the shelves but were the farthest away from where he was at the time, traveled the farthest, but objects that were close to him when they fell didn't move that far. So he thought, um, well, this was his theory anyway, that that um, Julio had what he called a psi field, PSI field. Yeah. Um, and he's like, maybe this field like kind of goes in a circular motion around the person. And mm. so, like, if it's close by, like, it just kind of goes like that. But if it's far away, it's, like, goes farther. Mm. I don't know. Like, I don't know, like, all okay, the logistics well, of it. Stuart Hammeroff. But that's kind of what he was thinking. Stuart Hammeroff, his explanation would be called uh, quantum soul theory. And it's that your brain is a bunch of neurons, but wrapped around it, entangled with each other, are a bunch of quantum particles that are in superposition and in quantum entanglement with each other. And that is kind of like a soul. It's conscious. It gives you that feeling of being. It gives you a point of view. If you take anesthesia, it deadens all the microtubules inside the brain that cause that. And after that, you will be unconscious, even though you're awake and, and talking, like I was talking to Jenny when she came out of fucking anesthesia. She was, I was talking to her for a half hour. She didn't remember any of it. She was nope. unconscious. Because her quantum field had been shut down. <laughs> Or somehow, maybe not shut down, but disconnected. 
from the brain. So you, so it's slightly like an out-of-body experience. Then when the anesthesia wears off, she goes back. I've been through it myself. It's an anesthesia through sur- surgeries. I don't remember it either. Okay. What did I say? Just talk about normal stuff. Hmm. Just normal stuff. That's great. Talking about, talking about surgery and it was, she was getting implants. She's yeah. like, oh, her, talking about her boobs. Oh, they're big. You know? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't remember that yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look good. Like I said, the first thing I remember, yeah, I remember car, waking so. up in the room for a second. Yeah. But then the next thing I remember was you helping me to the car. Yeah. And then the next thing I remember was me being at, back at your house yeah. in bed and you bringing me a sandwich. Yeah. That's the next thing I remember. Yeah, you didn't remember. But you talked the whole time. That's hilarious. And, and uh, kind of you're in, Yeah. So <laughs> um, the Psy field that he's talking about, there's a, more moder- there's a more modern description of it. Quantum soul theory or, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a cloud of... In, cloud of nanoparticles they're fucking little subatomic damn particles quantum particles and they're slightly outside of space-time too okay and they're all entangled with quantum entanglement with each other so theoretically if the body and the brain dies that field will still be entangled so you'll still have a point of view which that checks out without a body experiences that I've had you don't remember a whole lot about yourself or the memories that you had. You can access them if you want to, but you're mostly a point of view. You can see or experience. But you're not really who you were. You're more childlike, I guess you could say. But you can access any information anywhere at any time just by wanting it. And then you can get that information. But then as soon as you don't need the information anymore, it's gone. It's not. Like, it's like it's not recorded. Because there's no brain to record it. Right. You're about the size of a ping pong ball, and you can see in every direction at once, and in any in in any spectrum you want to see in. Uh, you can hear or not hear, or you can change everything and see quantum particles or subatomic particles, or you can actually just say fuck it and wink out and go into kind of like what some people would call astral worlds, which are like other dimensions of vibration is the only way I can describe it. And then there's a thing like a pleroma, which is a place, it's just a big white ball of singing. And you, you see that thing and you know that if you go in there, you never come out, or at least not as you are. It's a sea of consciousness. It's the place where all consciousness goes. It's where all the creatures that can that can experience come from that. It's like an ocean of consciousness, like a quantum, co- or like a, like a universal consciousness. If you go in there, you're recycled. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I knew what that was. It's like going home. You want to go, but then you know, but if I go in there, I, won't come, I can't come back out. Right. Not as, not as I am. Or who, it, it'll be, it'll be, because you're basically dissolving into an ocean. So your version of, your version of identity is kind of erased and it's traded with other people's identities but they're a little primitive identities they're just point of views your point of view merges with everybody else's yeah the Greeks called it the pleroma the place where the gods come from yeah I get it Mm -hmm. yeah so it's all part of that same version of reality poltergeist is related to all this yeah quantum consciousness and the afterlife. Jenny did not believe in the afterlife, but I've seen it. It's not... 
an afterlife in the way of, like you survived death. It's where you came from. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm open yeah. to it, but yeah, I just, you know, right. I've never seen anything like you've seen, so. Yeah. Your personality and who you are now is just a role that you chose to, to, to take because when you selected this life, you already knew the destiny, you knew the story. It's like you paid admission to see that movie. Man. It's like that. Because you I chose to be a broke ass goth yeah. chick. Yeah. Shit. Why well, did I choose that? Yeah. Well, you, you choose <laughs> you choose to live so you can experience. Okay. Because you can't experience in the pleroma or in the spiritual worlds. Really, it's kind of stagnant. You get bored after a while because it's it's like being in the internet. It's too. Uh, uh, what's a good way to put it? <clears throat> it's too um, interactive. You're going to get exactly what you want. You'll go everywhere you want. So the limitation, it's not fun because there's no limitations. Right, I got you. You know what I'm talking about? Although and I think in my next life I would like right. to choose to be a and, millionaire. And it's outside of space-time. So there's no progress. It's a singularity. You know what I'm talking about? Right. It's outside of space and time. It's a singularity. So when you're over there, your purpose isn't, isn't being fulfilled. It's, it's stagnant. I guess it's a good way to be. So you choose to do things. Okay. But they're kind of fun. Even the suffering is supposed to be fun. And then you go back, and then you can erase yourself. Right. Seemingly, I guess. <laughs> Seemed like it. Maybe I chose this because I knew I'd meet you, Tom. Could be. <laughs> uh, probably not. Though. Probably not. Though. And I knew that you would entertain me for it's, years it, and it's years a, on it's, end. It's, 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 done, <laughs> it's done for... Uh, it's not as important reason as you really think. I'm just teasing. It's because there isn't much else to do. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. You you can be birds or animals or insects or aliens or whatever. I'd like to be a kitty. You can be anything you want. You can be alien. That would be cool too. Alien souls, or you can just live over there and not be reincarnated. I guess. But every time you do this, kind of like your past personalities were just a role that you played. They're kind of erased. You don't remember them. You mm -hmm. don't need to. It's like you don't remember all the video games you played. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Karen Lee says cool show tonight oh thank you thank you yeah did a whole show on that it was called Out of Body Experiences on this channel you, it was I, a while I, I told yeah, a long it was a, time it was about a while back it. I, I tell all the fucking near death experiences that I had out of body experiences yeah he had some and, weird shit happen and it's all related to poltergeist it's the same phenomenon it's just a different aspect of it DVD Dragon says I would be a Subway sandwich yeah <laughs> well, one of the new ones with like where they have like the actual meat slicer now. Everything, everything that exists in the material world has a consciousness, but it only has the consciousness of what it is. Like a rock has the consciousness of a rock, which isn't Not much. Not the rock, a rock, just a rock. So, and that which isn't <laughs> much. Okay. So everything is kind of conscious in a certain way. Just there's not conscious in the way that a human is or some kind of otherworldly being maybe when it, I would call them like an angelic kind of being that's a good term for it but there were things out there that seemingly, have, seemingly had never lived in this dimension they just lived over there yeah alright so let me get back to this so we don't so we're not here all night even though the restroom okay um, okay so another thing that they did in this warehouse was um, Julio's fiance's dad whose name was jose diaz he was also something of a medium or at least he called himself that 
So he actually had a he had a good idea. He said, I'm gonna bring in some kind of similar items to the stuff that gets broken all the time, like the beer signs and stuff, except I'm gonna bring in ones that are like similar to that, but are not breakable. And I'm gonna put them in the same area and see what happens. So he did that, uh, but turns out that the poltergeist instead just broke shit somewhere else that was breakable and just left that stuff where it was. So, you know, poltergeist was smarter than he was apparently. Um, also, they brought in a skeptic, which I'm always uh, kind of a fan of in these situations. And um, this is good because the skeptic that they brought in was a magician, Howard Brooks. I always am a big advocate because I liked uh, James Randi and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're going to have somebody investigate a haunting or a poltergeist act, please, please, please. Uh, or if you're doing a parapsycholo parapsychological study of someone with like PK or something like that please bring in a magician because um, they know all the fucking tricks, like how to fake stuff. Uh, and they've caught a lot of people doing what they thought was like pretty clever chicks. But, but, but you're, not gonna, um, you're not gonna fool a magician because they know all that stuff. So they bring in this magician, Howard Brooks. Um, now he comes in and he just thinks, well, you know, obviously this is all fake. Somebody is faking this. So he came in and um, he actually saw a couple of heavy, well, not heavy, but they were like four pounds each, like boxes. And he, he saw them like move across the table and slide off like nobody pushed it. And he saw a couple of other things. And later he apparently had to admit, it's like, yeah, well, if somebody's faking it, I don't know how they're doing it. Like, I can't figure it out. So there was that. Now, at this point, because they thought Julio was the focus, um, William Roll sent him for some psychological tests and like personality assessments and stuff like that. Now, probably not too surprisingly, it was found that Julio uh, really did not like his job and really did not like his boss <laughs> and um, was just a very angry person in general um, and very unhappy. And um, he kind of seemed like they asked him at one point, they're like, do you think that you are unconsciously causing all of these phenomena. Um, he seemed offended by this question, but he did admit that all of this stuff breaking everywhere um, kind of made him happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He thought it was awesome. Yeah, he thought it was kind of awesome that like all this stuff was breaking because he really, really hated this job. Before I forget, if you're listening to this uh, show recorded, uh, if you enjoy the show, please make sure to uh, do us a favor and uh, give us a, what do they call it, a super thanks. Like or a comment yeah, every or a now super and thanks. Yeah. Anything will be yeah. every good. now and then we get a super thanks. Every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they asked him all these questions and they also found out that his personal life was also something of a mess. He lived with his stepmother. She was like, You need to get the fuck out of the house. So she was trying to kick him out and he was gonna be homeless. Um and he was actually uh suicidal. He was having like really bad nightmares, shit like that. Um, and they noted that a lot of the, his feelings like this that he had reported, um, started about 10 days prior to the paranormal activity starting at the warehouse. Mm. Also, um, on January 30th, which was probably about, I think it was like a month and a half after the phenomenon had started, uh, there was a break-in at the warehouse overnight. Uh, some petty cash was taken and a few other things. Um, and they immediately suspected julio and when they questioned him he did confess to doing that the manager didn't press charges um but they did 
fire him. Now, the police sergeant that investigated this the crime said to the manager, allegedly, that Julio admitted that he had been causing the paranormal activity, that he'd been throwing stuff around himself. Um, that he had tied thread around stuff and was, like, pulling it off of the shelves and everything like that. But the cops didn't find any um, thread, and the parapsychologists that were there didn't find any thread. The magician that was there, they didn't really find any evidence that that was the case. It tells, that tells me that he didn't believe the phenomenon was real. Maybe not. He, yeah, Maybe so not. that would help him do it more, because, you know, you got to believe it's an outside force. Right. He just thought it was, oh, it was all bullshit. I did that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I did it with thread. Uh, yeah, it, it could possibly be yeah, that. He, because he, he seemed kind of like a messed up person. Yeah, like and, a little yeah, bit. And he's trying to take credit for it subconsciously. Because his subconscious knows that he did do it. Yeah. But consciously, he thinks he's lying. He's trying to say, yeah, I hurt you. Yeah. But he thinks he's lying. He isn't. He's telling the truth. He did it. But he didn't do it with thread. Right. So I, I see what he did. I mean, fucking how how committed he to this chicanery would you have to be to like tie thread around like hundreds of different items? People would see you. Just, you exactly. People would see you. That's what I mean. They, I mean, they observed yeah. things happening yeah. like hundreds of times. Yeah, people would see him without he didn't do that. him doing anything. He didn't do it with thread. No, he didn't know. He didn't know that he was behind it. He was now, just trying to take credit. For now, it. some people that have. D- like said that they had telekinesis and like were in a laboratory have used thread because they've caught them. Yeah, easy to catch. So it is a very common thing that they do. But uh, nobody seemed to have seen that going on. And like I said, that would seem like, you know, considering the magnitude of the manifestations in this case, um, that would have taken somebody a really long time to pull that off. You know, you'd have to be real committed. And I just don't see like some 19 year old pissed off guy having the wherewithal to tie thread around a bunch of stuff and, like, pull it up. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. You'd have to be a crazy person. Um, so, so yeah. So they did fire him. Now, interestingly, after they fired him, which was February of 1967, all of the paranormal disturbances stopped immediately, which just goes to show. Um, now, after he got fired from Tropica- Tropication Arts, he got arrested because he was stealing an engagement ring uh, for his pregnant girlfriend. Hmm. From so a jewelry, he was under a lot of from stress. From a jewelry store. So she yeah. was pregnant. Yeah, his girlfriend was pregnant. So he's also. worried about that, yeah. Right. Uh, he got six months, so, you know, they didn't give Locked him... Locked him up six months. They were kind of easy on him, I guess, but for the theft. Yeah. Now, I, I will say the parapsychologists, uh, Dr. Roll and Dr. Pratt, um, they heard about what happened to him, and they uh, raised money for a grant... Um, because they wanted him to undergo tests, like PK tests and ESP tests and stuff like that to see if maybe he had some kind of, like, gift or something. He would have done good. Right. Um, he didn't want to do it, though. Okay. He didn't want to be, he said he didn't want to be their guinea pig. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he's doing it. I mean, he was 19 or 20 at this point, so you know what I mean. Like, young guys that age are always kind of like that. Yeah, he would have guessed a lot of stuff right, had he had good, uh, uh, instincts about what people were thinking and, you know, like if they were doing the cards thing, I would have done well on that test probably back then. Yeah, probably. I would have done real well, yeah. Above, I would have done above random, at least. When I was in full-blown fucking poltergeist mode at like fucking 13, I probably would have fucking been real impressive. Probably would have only been for a certain amount of time, though, for like a couple of weeks when all that was happening. But I would have had to have think that the ghost was telling me to do it. 
Yeah. That the ghost showed me. That kind of thing. Tony. Tony yeah. Tony showed me things. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you would have a little finger yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Talking to Mrs. Torrance. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's where that's where all that came from. The shiny came from that. Well, yeah. Stephen King reading about this. Sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, that was very big in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Like I read a bunch of books about that. Yeah. He's not too. doing anything fucking. Yeah. He's not making anything up. He's reading fucking what parapsychologists sure. are saying. Yeah. Because like I read a lot of those books too. So that's where he's getting ideas. That's what to deny it and put fiction it on, writers get ideas from that. To deny it and put it on something else makes it a lot easier. That, that might go back through. That might go back a long time ago. Maybe some of those witches were real. Maybe some of them were just psychics. Yeah, and the whole maybe idea so. that and they thought that their familiars were talking to them, and it was actually kind of something more like poltergeist. Possibly and the information they were getting through their familiars was the same thing like Tony. Yeah. Or the poltergeist. It's something else that's doing it. And then they see that once or twice in the medieval era. And it freaks them out so bad, the church says, we got to hunt these things down and destroy them. And then a whole industry pops up around it. I could see that happening. Yeah. Because they believed it. But what was weird is that every now and then some of the reports that they gave, if the reports are real, you can't tell if it's might be a modern report dressed up to look like an old report that they put in. Yeah. It's called an interpolation. Sure. They might be interpolating, putting shit in the records that aren't old. It's new, but it's made to look old. There may be some of that in there. There was some of the some of the old cases that I heard sound like poltergeists, but they were saying it was witches. Right. Well that's how they would have interpreted it in the context yeah. of the time. Yeah. If that really happened. Or if it was a modern person put that in the record saying, Yeah, poltergeist, witches, that's what they're talking about. Zach says, so what Tom is saying is that he has a tiny man who lives in his mouth. That's hot. <laughs> Look at this shit. I had no idea Tom Zach. was into vor. Zach. Bad motherfucker, you. And then he goes down to his stomach. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what? Like, the first time I saw The Shining when yeah. I was a kid, like, I don't know why that freaked me out so much, but that when Danny says, it's like, he's the little man that lives in my mouth. I, that fucking yeah. freaked me the fuck out. He goes out. down to like, stomach. Not talking. Yeah. Well, where is he? Why can't I see him? He goes down, he goes down to my He stomach. hides. Yeah. He hides. Yeah. He's that talk- little kid was so good in that movie. He's talking about his, he's talking about the, his subconscious yeah. self and, and its psychic ability. That was T- another... If you guys didn't read the book, Tony was Danny. It was an older Older Danny. Ver- Danny. It was an older version of Danny that was helping him. Which they made very clear in the... In the book. Well, in the book and yeah. in the shitty miniseries. Yeah, yeah, the shitty miniseries, yeah. The shitty miniseries, they made it very clear because Dan... Like, because Tony came to him, like, as a floating teenager. Floating teenager with glasses. It with was glasses that yeah. was talking to him. And I'm like, that is so lame. It was it was just so much better yeah. in the Stanley Kubrick version where he was just like... He would see him floating and he'd be pointing. He'd be that pointing. was so much creepier. He'd see him floating and he'd be pointing at the clock or pointing at yeah. dates and fucking trying to show him stuff, and he couldn't understand all of it. Yeah, it's just well, yeah. well, like I said, and I think I've pointed this out before. This is the reason that I really did not like the mini. I love the book. Don't get me wrong. I really did not like the miniseries version, which was what ninety seven, the miniseries version of The yeah. Shining that that Stephen King did. Um... Because it was too literal. It was exactly like the book. Yeah. And shit that works in the book, the book's amazing. Yeah. Shit that works in the book doesn't work in a movie. No. Much better 
to do go the Stanley Kubrick route and make everything like ambiguous and only the way you would see it if yeah. you were there. And if, like you don't have any context for it, much scarier. If you want to know what the book says and you don't want to see the book though, just see the TV series. Because it's, it's pretty much exactly, pretty much like exactly what was in the book. But like I said, that's it. Just it doesn't, doesn't play as well. It on doesn't screen. work yeah. as well. Those are two completely different mediums. Yeah, and you really can't translate that to. That's why I mean, man, the Stanley Kubrick version yeah. is so much better. It's just so much yeah. more ambiguous and it's so much scarier. But King didn't invent any of that shit. No, of course not. Par- parapsychologists thought about these concepts and were trying to piece it together way back into the '60s. Sure. And uh, the whole uh, inner denial and making the poltergeist and the psychic phenomenons an outside agent that's doing this, and it's not you, it's something else, it's a ghost, or it's something else, or it's a, it's a familiar uh, that's set by, da- by demons or Satan or shit like that. That's all fucking basically what, what King was talking about with fucking Tony. Which is uh, the subconscious mind is kind of like in a super ego. It knows more than you because the subconscious mind isn't limited in the same way. But it also doesn't have all the same things your waking consciousness has. But it's it's in a way more powerful. And it can, it can face the truth a lot better than your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is mostly a defensive mechanism more than anything else. Make you feel better about what's going on. What's going on. Your subconscious knows the truth. And it has better spatial awareness. And it has more accurate judgment of other people. And it has access to information that the conscious mind shouldn't have. I think it's some kind of quantum consciousness. The consciousness that's encoded in the universe throughout space-time. So you might have some access to feelings and knowledge about the past in a certain area you're in. Or if you wanted to know something, you might be able to access remote knowledge. Your subconscious might. Through transcendental meditation, you can do it in a meditative state and get visions, which is like like that. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, King's take in the book is, I say, pretty accurate because he's just copying what parapsychologists thought. Yeah, Tony was just Danny, older, trying to explain to him the danger of what was going to happen at the at the, at the yeah. hotel. Like I said, but I'm, could see the future. I'm glad that they left that ambiguous yeah. in the because he had program. access to the future. He knew it was coming. Creepier. Which you know, animals are like that too. I believe. I believe that they can do it. They just we see it as instinct, but animals might have premonitions of the future, feelings. They're shown things of what might happen, but I don't think they're aware, consciously aware of what what's doing it. No, it's just feeling. Not. It's just feelings. So it's not. A, it's not a highly evolved, advanced feature that a person can do it's primitive which i think people i think that wigs people out poltergeist feels and, and those abilities feel primitive to me not advanced yeah all right so where was i so okay so julio didn't want to be tested at least at first um he married his girlfriend and they had uh, a baby they had a baby girl now julio went on and worked at a bunch of other kind of shitty jobs and reportedly, the manifestations followed him to some of those workplaces. Yeah. But I don't think to the same level or same intensity. Um, a month after his daughter was born, Julio was working at a gas station. And there was a robbery and he was shot three times. Damn. Uh, he lived. 
even though one of the bullets um, severed his aorta, but they were actually able to fix it. Damn. Um, the shitty thing about it, though, was that he was so injured that he couldn't really work much afterward. Mm. And I guess he didn't get much disability, uh, so he fell into poverty. At which point, he went back to uh, Roland... Um, yeah, he went back to the parapsychologist and said, okay, I'll do the parapsychic because they were going to pay him, right? Yeah, but now he's so not in good shape. He went back to that. Yeah. Now, they gave him some psychokinesis tests, and he did very well on those. He did, okay. Um, but the ESP tests, no, he didn't. Okay. Like, uh, they said no better than chance. Okay. Now, um, he actually told them that he could control the psychokinesis, but they didn't see any evidence of that. But he, but he did actually score high in the test. So, there was that. Um, so I don't really know. It seems like, I don't know what happened to him after that. Um, when I wrote the book, he was still living in the Miami area, as far as I know, but I don't know what's happened to him since then. Because How old I, would he be now? Um, well, he was only 19. He was 19 in 1966. Okay, so he's old. Yeah, so he yeah. would be like an older guy now. Yeah, so I don't really 70s. know, like, what happened. It se- kind of seemed like he kind of was on track to have kind of a shitty life, which sucks. Now, you see, these dudes didn't get a hold of him when he was in good shape. Mm. You know what I mean? He'd been shot. And yeah. uh, and now, all of a sudden, he's more aware of what it is that they're trying to get out of him, which kind of taints his abilities. You want him in his, like, raw, unadulterated form where he doesn't really know even what they're looking for. That's, that's what you right. want. So he wouldn't have been as good. He wouldn't have been a good test subject at that stage. He'd have been much better before he got shot. Yeah, I mean, he just came in there out of desperation. Because yeah, your physical injuries are going to affect the mind. Yeah, and apparently he was so messed up that he couldn't work anymore. Yeah. So right, which is not going to put you in the right state. Mental state has a lot to do with it. Jane yeah. knows. I yeah. go into a certain mental state; it's more likely to happen. Yeah, but I'm not in that state now. And you're, it takes you're months. Chill. Yeah, it takes months. To slowly work into it. It's not as good as it was, but it takes months. It's not something you could do like in Star Wars where you're being attacked and you just point at an object and throw it like fucking Darth Maul did. Damn, I wish you could. But no. Wouldn't that be awesome? Although yeah. I would probably get in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'd be flinging yeah. shit at every motherfucker. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, you piss me off. Pa-pow. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, is that my will is not superior to the will of somebody else. So if there's, another, if there's an observer... They might be able to stop it. You know what I mean? Their fucking mental disbelief of it could stop it. Right. That's why these guys prime the pump sometimes and fake something to make it easier. Yeah. So if you're in mortal combat with somebody, that's totally physical. All those damn psychic abilities go out the window. All that psychic stuff happens because you can't get physical. You can't get physical. Right. You're not in that situation. So it's trying to do it through other means. Surreptitiously. Yeah. In the military that... was into it. They were trying to fucking figure out remote viewing. And they got they got fucking results. Project Stargate got results about re- remote viewing. But they found out satellites are better. Satellites and spies are much better. Yeah, well, that's but... the thing. Any kind of, like, human paranormal ability, yeah. even if they could prove it, even if they... It's just not reliable not enough. Reliable. <clears throat> you couldn't depend yeah. on the intelligence that you got from that because it's... You know, humans are just yeah. very... Especially in a life-and-death pinch. Right. You're under attack. That situation's calling for physical force, not some kind of damn psychic ability that's subtle. 
It's not. It's a, and it's on, kind it's of like nebulous. You yes, don't really nebulous, know. Right. You don't right. know if it's right. It's right. like kind of vague. It's like you know. It's not really. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that people. Some people don't have it. It's just that it's not super useful in situations like go, that. Going into some kind of astral state to go look and see what kind of submarine the Soviets are build, building, you might get some pretty good ideas. You might be able to see some of it, but you wouldn't be able to prove it. Right. All right. What's a lot better is to just have some hot chick. Go down and go screw some of those dudes who are building that ship, and sh- they'll and tell just, her everything. That's called a sex operative. Take that's, some fucking pictures. That's of the shit, ultimate yeah. fucking, the ultimate weapon is a female sex operative. That's what most of them damn spies are, because these dudes fucking they can't keep it in their pants. Because dudes are dumb and they'll tell fucking you right. anything. They can't fucking keep it in their pants. <laughs> and start screwing pussy, some chick. He starts bragging and just fucking blabbing his whole... Uh, you know, I don't tell anybody, but I'm working on a secret sub. Oh, I totally won't tell oh, anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all kinds <laughs> of stupid shit, you know. See, that's where that's where, yeah. that's where that legend women, comes from yeah. that dudes think with their dicks. Yeah. They do kind of. Well, well, I don't know if thinking is the word that I want to use. I don't think it's thinking that's going on with the dicks. They're not thinking. It just kind of turns their brain off. <laughs> Not older dudes. Older dudes are usually like wise to that kind of shit. But younger dudes, man, you can get them to do all kinds. I of lost shit. a lot of respect for the U.S. Army when I was when I was active. When a friend of mine, I saw him and I said, "Man, where you been? Where's your girlfriend?" He goes, "Dude, that wasn't my girlfriend." He goes, "What?" He goes, "She was a CID agent. She lived with me for fucking a year. I was sleeping with that girl, fucking, and she was investigating me because she thought the the army thought I was running a wheat a, a, a marijuana selling ring." But- and I says, that was a fucking agent? She goes, yeah, it's a CID agent. Can you imagine? And I was thinking to myself, that chick's in the army. Her fa- parents are fucking proud as hell of her, right? Her job is to fuck suspected drug dealers. Yeah. I would not And I lost, I, oh, my, my girl, she's so great. Fucking, she was cute. Yeah, I thought I she would, was a civilian. I would not she wasn't a civilian. She was a fucking, an army agent. And he wasn't guilty. He was guilty of like little, real little shit. Then they they just kicked him out. They didn't even send him to prison or anything. Little weed stuff. You Which know. like why? But is he that wasn't that? selling a big. Right. He was a buyer. He wasn't a fucking. Right. He wasn't living on post. He was living off post. He wasn't doing it in the, while he was working when he was off. But no, when I found out that the army did that shit, they had fucking twenty-two-year-old girls in there, fucking drug dealers, or suspected like to drug get, dealers, like, info to on get them. information on them. Right. I was like, man, they're doing that to people's daughters. No, yeah, it's like, like who would want that job? Somebody's daughter. I don't know that girl's rank was. She might have been a commissioned officer. I don't know. She probably not. Old yeah, and I'm enough. sure she didn't fucking sign up for that. I'm sure they're <sighs> probably like, hey, you're doing this now, and she's like, okay, yeah, do I yeah, have a choice? Gonna, no. Pro- yeah. So, so you know, not great on either end, no. is it? I'm sure she probably no. didn't want to do that either. I don't know. Maybe she did. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she was accused of something and they leveraged her into it. Yeah, maybe they you're said, gonna hey. You're going to do this or you're going to go to Or you're going to get in trouble. Right. Well, like I said, that's not really a choice either, mm-hmm. is it? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of forcing you into yeah. it. Yeah. I lost a lot of respect for the Army during that time. Well, I will tell you right now that I do not work for the CIA. Yeah, yeah. You're before. not watching me, right? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not watching you. Don't tell on me. I'd have, I'd have gotten yeah. bored a long time right. ago, Tom. We've yeah. been together a long time. Yeah. And like I said, I'm always around. I'm not doing anything sneaky. Yeah, I was nefarious. just... I was talking to my buddy Eric about that, you know, because he knew the dude, too. And he's like, yeah, that's fucked up. And he was that the one that brought up fun. the dad thing. He's like, imagine that. Her dad's proud as hell of her, and she doesn't know anything about what she does. She's a whore for the army, basically. Yeah. 
She was there probably sending her to all kinds of suspected ass drug dens. She's in the middle of fucking gangbangs and shit. I was like, yeah. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, and they're probably paying her. Because you gotta, like, fucking go along with yeah. it. Or... I don't know if she was a commissioned officer or what. That's messed up. And she was doing drugs. She was, cause well, like said, I said, was, you kind of have to yeah, because she, it's she like was, they're going to catch you She was smoking way. weed with him. Right. Like the same thing with like undercover cops and shit yeah. like that. You have to do that stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. you're an undercover cop and then they're going to shoot yeah. you in the face. So I just, uh, you know, I just fucking started to think of them as fucking scum, you know. I like I said, I that. like I said, that's shitty on <laughs> on both of them. Yeah, I, like the fact yeah, that she scum. was probably leveraged into doing that, yeah. and the fact that he was just, and he wasn't yeah. even doing anything that any any any, any of these intel agencies, fucking CID, which is that's the army version of the FBI or the CIA. Okay, CID, CID, FBI, CIA, any intelligence agents from any company, any country, scum. Scum. Basically a criminal outfit. Well, I mean, they have to be, like yep. I said, because they're kind of... Yeah, nasty. I mean... That's you, what we were doing You know, this. I was like, people could argue that it's a necessary evil, but I don't I don't really, think it's necessary. I, I don't really know if it is, though. I mean, it's not necessary. It didn't matter that dude... It, it, they, they thought that dude was selling weed. It doesn't yeah, matter. it's like... it's Yeah, it's different if it was yeah. like somebody that was a fucking serial killer yeah. or somebody that was like a fucking yeah. sex trafficker right. or something like that. Somebody that's right. just like... Growing some weed? Who fucking yeah. cares? You're gonna send these girls at these drug at these right. suspected drug dealers. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Go <laughs> bait them in with your pussy and fucking do all that and have all these dudes and fuck all of them that you can and fuck. What kind of woman is gonna go along with this shit unless she's levered into it? That's what I mean. And I was it's like, like, man, I the army feel like no one would really levered choose women that. into that bitch. Or maybe she's just maybe they just pick them like, oh yeah, she's a natural hoe. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a you, and then hoe. it dawns on you. Wait a minute, hold on. You got commissioned officers in the United States saying this. Chick here, twenty one, is a natural whore. Let's use her. That's another thing that's like. I mean, where's that, the fucking morale? Honestly, that would not surprise me. At yeah. All. It's like, hey, we could use her to. We like, could use this whore right. and make find out all this shit that right. these dudes are doing. Meanwhile, twenty yeah. years later, she's. But in no, fucking she therapy. fucking went up there and little did her little testimony against him, and he, they got him kicked out of the army, and fucking he's up there, and it's a. It wasn't even her name. She didn't even look at him, and she he he lived with her for about a year. That's crazy. Slip, slept with her and everything. And he didn't even know she was military. Thought she was a civilian. Right. That's crazy. She was a hippie chick. That was her fucking cover. Yeah. See, that blows my mind that, like, that that must be really hard on people that have to do, like, undercover shit like that. Yeah. I could never do anything like that. They never that. just said her name because they didn't want her name. He, they didn't want him to know her name. The court knew her name. He didn't know her name. Because I'm just she so... She was under protection. I'm just, like, such an open person. Yeah. Like, to the point of TMI sometimes. Yeah. So it's just, like, I have a hard time, like, pretending to be... Yeah. ...something else. You know what I mean? I'm not good at deception. I'm not good at anything yeah. like that. I just never saw the point of it. You know? Yeah. I see these people that, like, lie about stuff all the time. It's like, that just seems like work. Yeah. You have to we, construct all of we gotta these get fucking... Back. We gotta, we gotta, I, I, we gotta get back to the question. Yeah, I know. I need we to... haven't even talked about Donnie Decker yet. Well, Don Decker is the next thing we're gonna okay. talk about. It's okay. Don Decker and then it's two short ones. Okay. Okay, so you think you can handle you can that? Rest I might need another drink, though. Okay. So, like, while you're gone. Do you want me to start or do you want me to wait? Go ahead and spill some time. Yeah, I mean, you know about this case, kind of. So we're gonna talk about Don Decker. Otherwise known as the Rain Man, the Stroudsburg Rain Man, um, or the Rain Boy. I've heard that too, even though he's, he wasn't a boy when this really happened. But yeah. So this is a pretty famous case. Uh, it first happened in 1983. 
I didn't actually hear about it until about 10 years later. It was on Unsolved Mysteries, and I remember it made, like, kind of a big impression on me. And he was actually on there, like, being interviewed. So this was a uh, kind of a strange case of, um, there's not a lot of these, but there are some, um, of poltergeist cases that were, like, water manifestations. Like I said, I wrote a book with Steve Mara, who's a British parapsychologist, and he did a case in uh, that happened in Rochdale, Manchester, and um, where they had rain inside the house. And this was kind of similar, but Don Decker is unusual because allegedly he learned to control it at some point. Although I don't know, I don't know what's happened to him since he got out of jail, which we'll talk about later. But um, he could apparently control it for a little while, uh, but I, I don't think he can do it anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, because the circumstances that it started manifesting and were uh, unusual, you know. So it's uh, late winter, 1983. Uh, Don Decker, who was 21 years old at the time, um, he was in county jail. It was uh, kind of a minor charge. It was just like receiving stolen property, something like that. So he was on, it was four to 12 month sentence. Now, February 24th, they gave him a furlough because his grandfather had died and he was going to go to the funeral. Uh, his grandfather's name was James Kishaw, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Now, so Decker goes to the funeral and by his own account, and he said this on Unsolved Mysteries, he wasn't really expecting to have um, the kind of emotions that he had at the funeral but when he gets there he just does this whole like torrent of emotions like takes over um he wasn't sad about his grandfather dying but allegedly his grandfather had abused him since he was seven years old and he had never told anyone else in his family about it so him showing up at this funeral seeing his grandfather dead like lying in the coffin seeing all his family and like thinking about it like it's like ruminating on it um, sort of like broke open something in his mind. Apparently, that's kind of how. Yeah, there's sad over a dude and honoring a dude who's dead that was abusing him. He's like, he, his subconscious is like, that dude's a fucking monster. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck dude. that dude. What are you honoring that dude for? So yeah. Yeah, I can see how you would. And like yeah. I said, he was fairly. He was 21 at the time, which is still pretty young. So I can imagine and ha and ca having kept it secret all of that time. Yeah. Um, would have really been, that would have really fucked you up as well. Now, um, Don Decker and his mom were not speaking at this point. Um, so he couldn't stay at her house, like, over the furlough. So he stayed with, like, friends of the family, whose names were Bob and Jean Kiefer, like, uh, over the few days that he was home for the funeral. Yeah, they kind of adopted him. He was in prison yeah. at the time. They didn't they yeah, yeah, him? yeah. Um, receiving stolen property. Yeah, so yeah. they gave him a few days a furlough, furlough. Yeah. yeah, to go to the funeral. Yeah. Um, so these friends of the family, they, they thought he was a good guy. You know, he just, you know, fell in with a bad crowd or whatever. But he was, like, fundamentally a good person. So they were a lot nicer to him, apparently, than his real family were. So he went and stayed with them. Hi, Pookie. Um, so he went and stayed with them, like, over the funeral. So he goes to the house. They all kind of chill out that night and he sits he's sitting on the couch in the living room and he said that he started feeling what he called a deep chill 
And then he sort of went into like a little bit of a trance, kind of. Now, according to the Kiefers, they said that they looked over and they saw Don sitting like real rigid on the sofa. And he just had this like blank look and it's like he wasn't in there. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and then they s noticed that the room went really, really cold. And then water started dripping down the walls and like out of the ceiling a little bit. Like it started like drizzling in the house, essentially. So at this point, um, as you would, they thought that maybe a pipe had burst or something like that. Um, Bob apparently was pretty familiar with the layout, like of the plumbing in the house. And he's like, the water was kind of showing up in places where there weren't any pipes behind the walls. He was pretty much hundred uh, percent sure. But he decides, well, you know, just to cover all the bases, I'm going to call the landlord, whose name was Ron, and uh, have him come over and have him have a look-see and see what's going on. So Ron shows up, and um, he's kind of looking around, and he's just as confused as everyone else is. Uh, they said at this point, the rain inside the house was falling quite heavily and was also starting to ooze up through the floor. Um, Don was sitting there on the couch and he was just kind of still in this trance. He was zoning out. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of zoning out. He would have like sometimes come out of it, but he just kind of seemed. That's kind of the way I was when that thing flew. Right. Yeah. I was um, like, what happened? Yeah. He was like, what, where? Yeah, yeah. Like that. So that's kind of what he was like. So they didn't know what to do. So Ron and the keepers who were living in the house, um, they call the cops. So two cops show up. Um, they come in. And they get rained on inside the house. I mean, they both reported. They walked in and it was just, and they were both soaked. Um, they also both reported that they saw um, droplets of this water, like just kind of hovering in midair and moving horizontally. Um, Float. Yeah. And one of the cops said that it freaked him out so much that he said he just felt all the hairs on his neck standing up. Yeah, so yeah. they knew that it wasn't, like, normal. Paranormal shit. Yeah, they knew it was paranormal. Um, and then they noticed Don sitting there, like, in a trance or whatever. Zoning out. And they said, well, why don't you take him out of the house for a bit? And we're going to stay here and see if we can figure out what's going on. So Ron, who is the landlord, he's like, well, I'll stay in the house with the cops. You guys go someplace else. So the Kiefer's take Don to this pizza place. Yeah. Um, which is owned by this woman whose name was Pam. Pam Scrofano. And when they walk into the pizza place, they said, okay, so two things happen. Like, they, they figured this out later. At the house, Ron and the cops said that the cold in the house and the rain, like, stopped the second that Don left the house. As soon as you left, it stopped, yeah. But in the pizza restaurant... It started in there. Okay. Like, like water started coming down from the ceiling and like puddling up on the floor. Like as soon as Don came in and sat down. So he brought it with him. Where right. That's what the lady at the restaurant said. Yeah. Okay. Now I got some questions. I don't know if they have in there. The water at the house. How much of it was pooled up on the ground when it was when it was over? Did they actually say? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Like, was it was the carpet swimming in it, or was it just damp? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm the assuming... The reenactments show it was wet. Right. Like it was... Like it had been raining in there. I mean, like all of rain. the reports that I saw, they yeah. said it was it was like it was raining in the house. Yeah. 
So I'm assuming it wasn't like a flood or nothing, yeah. but it was probably like the carpet was like kind of saturated. Yeah. But that's kind of the impression that I and got. And I guess from the water dries were, the up normally. Talking. It doesn't vanish. It dries up normally. Right. It seeps away over time. So that means there's water damage after this. Although, interestingly, in the Rochdale case, which yeah. is kind of similar to this that happened in England, um... They reported that it's like the the it would the rain would come down from the ceiling, and then when it would stop, it would just kind of go, and it would just kind of like dry back up. Dry back up, yeah. Like back into the ceiling, like now, it was remember, super weird. I remember, I've seen these police, um, the cops that were in the house. I've seen interviews with them. They were freaked out. Yeah, the cop said that after it happened, they they had to go back to work. They left. He said that that fucking bothered him for a long, long time. He couldn't stop thinking about that. Said so he said it was. Said it was eerie, very eerie. He said, he, I can he said it, knew it wasn't normal. And I think they also said that the the water wasn't quite normal. The the water was a little bit sticky, a little thicker. Man, yeah, was, Steve I, said that in um, Rochdale too. Did he? They right, said so the water was a little, a little bit, bit thicker. Weird. I wish they would have gotten a little some sample of that and have that analyzed. That water was being pulled out of the fucking nothing. He's making water molecules somehow using psychokinesis. Which is crazy. It makes me wonder, because of the texture, maybe it wasn't really all water. Maybe some of it was water, some of it was heavy water. Which is, you know, to a dude who's just making water using psychokinesis, he doesn't know much about fucking atoms, you know, hydrogen atoms. So he it's makes like one of these, he just starts these, making a bunch of shit that's kind of like hydrogen atoms. Right. One of them would be heavy water. That's what you use in like nuclear right. plants. <laughs> you know? And I think it is a little heavier. It's got it's got an extra what is it? It's got extra electrons on it or something, I something can't like remember. That. More protons and I'm neutrons. Too drunk I don't to remember. remember that stuff right. Maybe more protons <laughs> and neutrons. And uh, there might be a bunch of impurities in it. I'd like to get like a scientific analysis of it. To see how accurately he was making water. Yeah. Maybe he was making water very inaccurately. It's water-ish. It's water-like substance. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Zach it says was probably I'm... a compound of a bunch of stuff. Water, heavy water, other things that are more like oil. You know. But they, but they evidently they didn't separate. I'd like to see what it was. It may have not actually been all water. Weird. Zach says I'm surprised they never made the Decker case into a movie because yeah. I think it'd be awesome and creepy. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It probably would. He said, I think the Poltergeist case that freaked me out most from your book was the one about the flamethrowers coming through the power sockets in Chicago. Was Yeah, I think Maybe that was Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, like the, like all the flames would come in. And I think that was pretty short-lived, too. But it's like that was kind of the main manifestation was just like fire coming Water, out of yeah. the fucking sockets. <laughs> I remember that one. These water ones freak me out, though. Yeah, well, go ahead and plug the book. Jenny wrote a book, and she, if you like these cases, that book, how many cases in that book? Hundreds, right? Yeah, a couple hundred. And she tracked all hundreds of these cases down and gives them all in a book called Unseen Hand. The Unseen yeah. Hand. And it's uh, you can find it on Amazon. Jenny Ashford. Yep. Amazon. Unseen Hand. And you can, and it's also available on audiobook. Yeah, I did an audiobook. She can, you can listen to Jenny. She'll read the whole book to you. Yeah. She's got a nice, soothing voice. Not like now. Not like now. <laughs> Not like me. Bring me a scotch. Now you sound like a duck. <laughs> quack, quack, quack. I do not. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, in a way, we were talking about this the other day. Yeah. I said I kind of like the the old broad, yeah. you know what I mean? Like whatever happened to Baby yeah. Jane kind of voice. Yeah. You know? 
Bring Mom a cigarette. A lot of people see Jen, you know, some of the old shows we first started don't realize that, <laughs> that, that Jen was in her 40s then. She looks like a kid. And she Jen. sounds like a kid, but she was in her 40s then. Yeah, I think, so. well, shit, when we met, I think I was 38. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was yeah, 38 I was years like old 41. when I met you. I think I was like 41. Yeah. 40, 41. Zach says, I think a deeper voice suits your look more, Jenny. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I'm not that bothered about it. It's just kind of funny. We were watching a video earlier with like a, she's kind of like a bodybuilder. She's not like a big, you know, big bodybuilder. She's a, but she's she's a like wellness. a fitness model. Yeah, fitness model, yeah. Um, that Tom follows. Yeah, Bakar Nabiva. And she yeah. has, a, well, I don't know, like the same sounding voice as me or slightly deeper. Deeper. And it's weird how shitty um, dudes are in the comments, like, saying, ooh, is that a man? She does not look like a man by any stretch of the imagination. No, she's fucking smoking hot. Yeah. Smoking hot She's built. really feminine looking. Yeah, and she acts real feminine. And I don't think her yeah. voice is that masculine sounding either. So it's like, well, I think dudes are just, like, intimidated, and they're just, like, making shitty little comments. Thinking, well, they know they can't get her. Yeah. Her boyfriend. So like, well, I didn't want her anyway, because yeah. she looks like a man, but even though she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't sound like a man either. No, no. I've seen f photographs of at least the dude she was dating back then, who's a fucking, that dude weighed 230 pounds of fucking pure muscle. I mean, when she's standing next to him, she looks all woman, because that dude is fucking Superman, all right? I think so, she's beautiful. Actually. Yeah, so those dudes fucking can't get it, and they got to hate on her. And she's in better shape than them. Well, yeah, that's why they're hating on yeah, her. Yeah, they're just hating on her. She doesn't have big arms or anything. She's got nice arms, fucking nice, by slender, ripped, and big muscle booty and thighs. That's her whole fucking calling card. She's got a fucking super muscular booty. But that's why, see, Tom always tries to make me feel better by going, look at this girl. She has, like, a deeper voice than you have. And yeah, there's like, lots of them. Like I said, I'm not, it doesn't bother me that they're much. They're all but on People gear. have commented on yeah, it. Yeah, But... I don't know. Yeah, I'm not that bothered. I'm, I'm too old to give a fuck what anybody yeah. thinks about me at this point. No, those, those <laughs> girls are all on gear, and they're all porn stars or uh, actresses or fitness models. All those girls are on gear. If anybody tells you that... They, only a few of them, I think, are natural. But in general, if those girls fucking shredded and they got fucking six packs of shit, they're on gear. They're on gear. A woman really can't... A woman beyond the age of 15 or 16 can't maintain that. They just the, the androgens aren't there. I don't even think a fifteen year old could get a fucking a real six pack. I don't think so. They got a lot of hormones in them, but probably not enough to get that lean and to get build that much muscle. Those little gymnast girls in the Olympics that do all that fucking bounce and look see those legs. They're on gear. They got that little girl on gear. They're just mm -hmm. not on gear when they're at the Olympics. During when they're training, them bitches are on prima prima bowling. All right, can we get back to the shit now so mm -hmm. we can like finish mm -hmm. stuff up? Okay, I don't, I don't want you to go off on a whole. Yeah, like, I'm going off on that shit. On that whole thing because yeah. you'll talk all night about that. Yeah. All right, so um, so yeah, so where were we? So, so he's at the pizza place. Now the lady that runs pizza place, she was freaking out because she thought he was possessed or some shit. <laughs> so she had a crucifix, like you do, and she pushed it on him, and Don said it was burning him. So you know, very exorcist at this point. So the Kiefer's are like, okay, well, we need to get get you out of here. So they got him out of the pizza place. Hope, hopefully they paid. After they left, all the phenomena in the pizza place stopped, obviously. So they go back to the house, the Kiefer's house. The cops are still there. Ron's still there. Ron's wife has showed up. Her name is Romaine, like the lettuce, but not yeah. spelled the same. Um, as soon as Don comes back to the house, 
it starts raining in there again. And then everybody starts hearing, like, all the pots and pans and shit in the kitchen, like, rattling together. And at this point, Ron, the landlord, he goes up to Don and he's be like, what are you doing? Because he thought it was a prank. You know what I mean? He thought, like, Don was fucking with them. So he's like, look, you're causing damage to my property, um, so knock it off. But apparently what happened after this was that everybody that was there, which was included two police officers, they said that Don levitated a couple inches off the ground and then was thrown back against the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he just went pow, like against the wall like that. Like a bunch of people saw that, they said. Yeah, I think, I think that, that woman saw that. Which woman? The woman that was taking care of was it his mom? It was his mom or was it the uh, the girl, the woman he was staying with? No, the... um. Yeah, the couple that he was staying with were there. The landlord and his wife were there, and two cops were there. Yeah. And they apparently all saw this. They saw him levitate and be thrown against the wall, like with obviously nobody there. Now, so the two of the cops that had been there, they left for a little while, and then they brought the police chief back, because like I said, you got to see this shit, probably. Now, um, the police chief comes. He gets rained on when he comes in the house, just, you know, because shit coming out of the ceiling. And he said that he saw a weird mist that was, like, hovering in the living room. Yeah. Now, he told the two officers, um, don't file a report because this is just a plumbing problem, he said. I think he was in denial, probably. He just Um, wanted it to be that. And, yeah, and the officers said that, too. They thought that he was just in denial because he was just like, I don't know what this is, so I'm just, like, trying to, like, put it in the box. What are you going to say? Yeah, you, you're not gonna put, you're not gonna enter that in a record. People wouldn't, wouldn't believe it. Right. That's what that's what he came up with. The mist. He saw the weird mist. That must have been where the psychokinesis Maybe. was condensing the water, or a part of it. Weird. Wish I were to see it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Cool ability. Now, when he got thrown, Donnie kept seeing. He, he, in the interviews, he says he keeps seeing the face of an old man laughing at him, and the old man has a crown. And I take it it's his grandfather. Yeah, because he said he went up to the bathroom like after yeah. the funeral, in in the keeper's house, yeah. and like he saw the old like a uh, the old man's face like reflected in the window or the mirror in the or mirror. something like with a, with crown, a crown on. And he started getting scratches on his forearms. Of yeah, crowns. that's right. Crowns, and. Um, in the interviews, he never says it's his grandfather, but it's implied that that the old man is his grandfather. Or a representation yeah. of his grandfather at right. some point. Because it does seem like there was some kind of like problem there. It's just what caused all of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. So, the other two cops were like, okay, well, obviously the chief just doesn't want this to be paranormal, <laughs> like, despite what he's seeing. So, they did leave. But then the next day, they were just kind of you know, like, we got to figure out what the fuck is going on with this. So they got two of their other, two other cops. They're like, come on, you, you have to come see this. So they got two more. And then they went back to the house, even though the chief told them not to. But they're like, we're going to do it anyway, because we got to see what the fuck's going on. So there are four cops in the house now. Now, by the time they get to the house, this is the next day. Um, there's still some phenomena going on, but it's kind of like lessened somewhat. Now, there wasn't any weird rain on that day. But there were a couple of other weird things. Um, apparently, one of them handed Don, because they had heard about the pizza place incident with the crucifix. So one of them handed him a crucifix, and apparently it burned his hand. 
Um, and then when he took it back, it wasn't like hot or anything. You know what I mean? So it was, like I said, very exorcisty. Um, also that day, they said they saw another levitation thing incident of him. Yeah, Don got uh, picked up a couple of inches off the floor and then thrown backward. Like I said again, so they, so four of them said they saw it. Um, one of them said, and this is a quote: uh, "It was as though a bus had hit him." Okay. And also said that they saw, like, claw marks, like, three claw marks, like, on his neck, like, Hmm. while that was happening. Hmm. Um, And all four of the cops apparently saw this and couldn't come up with any explanation for that. Um, So the landlord, at this point, um, after he saw a bunch of this stuff, like I said, at first he thought Don was just, like, playing a prank or something like that. But after he saw some more stuff, he started to feel sorry for Don and decided he was going to try and like help him out so he starts calling around to see if he can get an exorcism going um this is why he's still on furlough right um yeah because this was only like he i I don't remember how many days it was like several days that he was on furlough i think it was like over a long weekend or something um so yeah so they can't really get a catholic priest in there but they finally get some preacher to come in and he's like yeah i'll come in and do like an exorcism me kind of thing so they come in there, and he does yeah. all the prayers and everything like that. Now, during this exorcism light or whatever, yeah. um, Don starts convulsing. Uh, but apparently, uh, you know, as the prayers started getting more, like, he stopped doing that. So they just got some church people to come over. They got there. some char- church people to come over. Right. And um, this apparently, like, it had been kind of raining and cold in the house, like, the whole time. But yeah. as the prayers went on, it started, like, getting less and less. So, um, and then Don starts to slowly return to his normal self. Like I said, this is going in a very exorcist kind of direction. Well, like I said before, a poltergeist sometimes looks like possession. Yeah, right. But it's a subconscious mind attacking him. Yeah. He must have had a lot of inner guilt. He thought he could have stopped it, but he probably couldn't have stopped the abuse. Well, yeah, and I, I feel like that's pretty common, especially with children that have suffered abuse yeah. by a family member. They always kind of feel like they like it's their fault somehow. Could have been that he's uh, also regretting not to, not have told mm. that too. Because I don't think I don't think the rest of the family knew. About no, he the said abuse. he didn't tell anybody. Yeah, and it had been going on for years and years. Yeah, like since he was seven years old. Right. So, and like I said again, that's very common, and that's really shitty because kids kind of well. Kids are um, the center of their own universe, so anything yeah. that happens to them, they're going to think that they're to blame somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it's really hard. Well, you know, kids, like, their parents get divorced, and it's like, oh, it was something I did. You know what I mean? And obviously yeah. it wasn't. And he didn't say his granddad was mean to him, so maybe he felt like he was complicit. Right, that too. Yeah. And like I said, that's very common. Yeah. That's very common with kids that are um, yeah. that are victims of abuse like that. Um, but yeah. So, so everything seemed fine until Don's furlough was over. So he had to go back to jail. He was in the county jail to do the rest of the sentence. And so when he's in jail, I guess he's kind of bored. And he's like, maybe I can actually like control this shit. So he decided to try and do that. This is the only guy I've ever heard of that I believed that said he could actually at will control the phenomena. I wasn't able to do it. Yeah, and well, yeah. I can call it on, but once right. it's on, I, I, it does what it wants to do. Right. It'll respond to requests, but it's always stupid shit. Move this over there, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that was back when I was a kid. It didn't respond to anything last time it was around. 
Yeah, it just did what it wanted, like, when you were thinking about it. Yeah. Just at the drop of a hat. You'd be forgetting about it, and you'd do it. It's down in here, but it's very minor. Yeah, and it's nothing you... It's nothing intentional. No. It's like a side effect. Yeah, like when you're thinking about something Right. Shit like that. Yeah. So he decides... So he sits in his jail cell, and he's like, I'm gonna concentrate on the shit. And evidently, um... Kind of, like, rain started dripping from the ceiling of the cell, like, kind of running down the walls and stuff. So a guard's walking by and sees water on the floor. And so he thought that Don was just, like, throwing water around, like, from the sink or the toilet or whatever. And Don's like, no, I can actually make it rain, like, with my mind. And the guard is like, yeah, sure you can. Okay. Um, Yeah, prove it. Why don't you make it rain in the warden's office, like, if you can do that. So Don's like, okay, I will. So he apparently closes his eyes. The guard walks down the hall and sticks his head into the, um, of the warden, who I think was not, like, the main warden, but he was just, like, the temp guy that was in there. And the warden's sitting at his desk, and uh, there was, like, a water patch, like, right on his... And he hadn't noticed it, but it had come down from the ceiling, apparently, and, like, soaked the front of his shirt. So... The guard was like, oh, well, the guy down there said he could make it rain in your office. And it did, apparently, because yeah, it's right he there. He said, I got him. You're fra- yeah, the front of your shirt's yeah. all wet. Donnie was like, I got him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah. He told him he got him first. Right. He says, no, he goes, I, I could hit him with some water. Yeah. He didn't say to make it rain in there, but that's how. That's not how I remembered him telling the story. He says, he said he told the guard, he says, I can hit the warden. And he goes, go ahead uh-huh. and hit the warden. He says, I'm hitting him with some water. And he sat there for a second, and he goes, I got him. And they went over there, and fucking they found a water spot on the warden. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disbelieve it at all. So the warden, after he hears the show, apparently he believed it. Because they yeah. they bring in the, the priest, the reverend. And um, they're like, see if you can do something about this, this fella down here. Because we don't know what's going on with that. Now, at first, the reverend was like, uh, no, nah, you're making all that up, or whatever. And at this point, Don got really, really mad at being accused of faking. And apparently, according to witnesses, when he got mad, um, his cell filled up with this really bad smell. No, not like a fart or anything like that, but like a really bad smell. And then like rain starts coming down the walls. So the Reverend at this point is like, okay, well, maybe there is something to this. Yeah, it just trickled down the wall. He can actually do this shit. Yeah. So he starts praying with the guy. And this went on for hours and hours. And at the end of this ordeal, uh, Don starts crying and starts talking about all the shit that had happened to him. Like, yeah. you know, just like letting it all out. You know what I mean? Well, rain, rain is symbolic for crying. It's tears. Yeah. That's what he's doing. So yeah, like I kind of feel, I kind of got that impression. Yeah. That he was, that it was just like emotion that he was bottling yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Because of, like I said, because of the abuse that he'd been going through and he couldn't, like, express it. Yeah. And he wasn't, um, he was estranged from his family. Like, he didn't talk to his mom or anything like yeah. that. So he didn't really have anybody to, that he could talk to about any of this stuff. So, which is not good. So, yeah. So he has an hours-long kind of, like, epiphany. Like, he has an emotional breakdown or whatever. And um, after that, he seemed to be a lot better. Um, and the rain that had been in the cell, like, kind of, like, dried up and stopped. Now, evidently, Don wasn't able to do the shit after that. 
Hmm, like okay. at, at least as far as I heard. Once you got it out of his system. So what? Yeah, like once he had this purge of like all the emotions, and then he yeah. confessed everything, and he said everything, like how he felt about everything, and had this big thing with the with the priest or whatever. Like apparently, it didn't really do it anymore. Okay. Now he confronted it. As far as I know, and I don't know if he still thinks this, and this might have been a significant um, reason why he maybe could control it, if indeed he could was that he didn't really, I think to an extent, he didn't really believe it was him. He thought that it was the spirit of his grandfather, like, fucking with him, is what he yeah. thought. That was his excuse. Yeah, like, like right. he thought that his grandfather was, like, right. he, like continuing to abuse him, like, after he once was he, dead. Once he admitted, admitted to himself that he was doing it, he took responsibility for it, and, and the ability vanished. Right. That's, a, That's kind of what, well, Kyle that was the same thing that happened in your basically, case. Basically, yeah, basically. Right. It can come back, but not as good as it did before. Yeah. And it takes months. From Well, no, I guess it doesn't take months. i got to be a th- couple days. Yeah, if you're thinking about days. it a lot and you're kind yeah. of in a particular state of worry mind. About it. If you're worrying about gotta it. i got to worry about it, yeah. And then, and then it'll I stop do worrying it. about it and forget about it and it'll happen. And then it'll do it. Yeah, you can, then you can maybe start getting the ball rolling again, but I never wanted to get the ball rolling. Right, because you don't know where it's going to yeah. end up, like it's, I said. Yeah, and it's easier if, if you're afraid of it. The more yeah. fear you have of it, the better it goes. Which kind of reminds me of like shit. Fucking Yoda said, "Fucking Empire Strikes Back." <laughs> shit, Yoda. That the dark said. side flows easily. You know, fucking those abilities come quick. Well, yeah. But because you know, being side, shitty yeah. is easy. Yeah. Being good is hard. Well, negative emotions are more natural. Yeah. They're they're they. they That's why I said being yeah, shitty. Yeah, they're is they're easy. stronger and they're more natural. And they're more rooted in fucking primal fears, which that's what that's what it is. Uh, I guess you could say Nietzsche would call it the will, you know, which the the dark side of the force, basically, or yeah. the the dark side of the force and the force are the same things, it's just different aspects of the same thing. Nietzsche called it the will, the will to power, or another. He said the ultimate manifestation of the will is growth it's just to dominate to grow to take over and impose on other things that everything imposes on other things even inanimate objects imposing on other in- inanimate objects by occupying space that an other object should or could be occupying but it isn't so that's what life is to impose sure all right so um so yeah, as I said, um, it seems as though his abilities vanished after he purged himself yeah. of all the emotions. Um, I first heard about his case on Unsolved Mysteries in early 1993, which is probably where a lot of people heard about it. Um, sadly, like he got kind of he had a brief uh, run with fame, like after that, because Unsolved Mysteries, everybody saw that shit. However, uh, several years after his fame had faded somewhat, in 2012. Uh, as Tom alluded to before, he was arrested on federal arson charges after setting fire to a restaurant in Pennsylvania. Um, he actually turned himself in to the cops, but he said that the owner of the restaurant had paid him to burn the place down to get the insurance money. Um, so both the owner and him were indicted on charges of mail fraud, criminal conspiracy, and use of fire to commit a federal felony. Uh, so they were. He was in there for a while. He's since been released, but I haven't heard anything 
about him since then. I think he was released... I want to say it was like four or five years ago, but it might have been more recently than that. But I haven't heard anything about him since then. But, like I said, not not necessarily like a super happy life this guy has had. Much like the last guy we were talking about. But Gotta have internal conflict. That's well. That's yeah. kind of the point that yeah. we're making is that yeah. you really have to be a one a particular kind of person, yeah. and two going through some shit. Yeah, because like, well, everybody goes through some shit at some point, it's but you different. have to be like a particular kind of person yeah. that's going through some shit at a particular time in your life that's yeah. the most tumultuous, and then this stuff will happen because it doesn't happen that often. Element so. of faith. That too, I kind of feel like, yeah. Because I don't think it would ever happen to me because I don't really believe that it would. You gotta have faith. Mm. You gotta have belief in something outside yourself. You gotta, you gotta be able to believe in the unseen, right? Basically. Which, yeah, like I said, so I don't know if it would happen to me because I'm too. I don't know. I'm too rational for that. No, you gotta be irrational. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Instinctual. You, you know me. I'm like I'm yeah. very Spock like. So it's not rationality. It's emotion. Yeah. Always. All right. So yeah. do you want to do these two like? Yeah, let's do the two little ones. Yeah, they're just okay. they're kind of short yeah. and they're kind of similar Sorry. in that both of these not only had adults as the focus mainly, or didn't have a focus that they knew of, but also concerned um, the spontaneous appearance of blood. Yeah. In the houses, which is it's Had it happen. rare, but yeah. it does happen. It's got to come from somewhere, though. Yeah. It's coming from inside one of these people. Maybe. It's just well, teleporting a few drops out, or some of it out. Well, we'll see. Because, we'll see. All right. Yeah. Okay. So this one happened in France in 1986. So we have a truck driver named Jean-Marc. I guess it's Belmay. So he moves into this house uh, with his wife, Lucy. They moved in in 1985. Now, they kind of renovated the place um, and, you know, this thought, oh, this is going to be our little dream house or whatever. Now, he was a truck driver, so he was away for, a, you know, long stretches of time. So Lucy was by herself in the house uh, a lot. Now, she didn't mind it at first, but after a while, um, she started to feel like someone else was in the house watching her. Which, you know, is a very common first manifestation before this kind of shit happens. Now, in early 1960, or 1986, rather. I was, sorry, I went a little fucking backwards there. Early 1986, she goes into the kitchen of this house and sees a little bit, like, something on the wall that kind of looks like blood. Like, just a little bit. Now... She was just in there, and she's like, look, I just cleaned in here, and I did not see this. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's not that weird. It's like, oh, maybe I smudged it. I don't know. You know, you're just kind of, like, not thinking about it. So she just cleaned it up, and then just like, okay, whatever. But then, a little while later, she goes into the bedroom and sees that this same blood-looking shit is on the bed and on some of her clothes. Um, which wasn't like that before. So she's kind of freaked out at this point. So she tries to clean it up again, thinking, well, there has to be some kind of rational explanation for this, right? That's what you would think. However, over the next few days when she was at the house by herself, cause like I said, her husband was away, um, this stuff, whether it was blood or whatever it was, 
starts appearing all over the place, like drops of it, streaks of it, um, the walls, on the floors, uh, on the ceiling. And she would clean a place and then turn her back and then turn back and then there would be like smears of it there. So I guess it cleaned up okay? I guess. Didn't leave stains? Yeah, I guess not. Um, there was also some other poltergeist activity going on too. There was like, uh, banging on the walls. Very, very common. Um, yeah, pieces of furniture being moved around, like while her back was turned, uh, you know, stuff would be in a different place. Uh, dishes were broken, doors open and closing by themselves, things like that. And, um, you know, the blood would appear and it started getting like worse. Like there would be more of it, you know what I mean? Like bigger puddles or bigger smears or whatever. So she didn't know what to do, so she called the cops. Now, the first thing, the cops show up, and they saw the blood and stuff, but they said, well, what must have happened? They had a dog. So they said, well, maybe your dog got hurt and was trailing blood everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, even on the ceiling, because you know how dogs walk on the ceiling sometimes. But um, they found the dog. They kind of looked the dog over. The dog was fine. He didn't have any cuts or anything like that. And then they thought, well, well, maybe somebody's breaking into your house and and making this mess or whatever. So they decide they're going to spread flour around on the floor and see if somebody's coming in and doing it, like, you know, to get their footprints or whatever. So they do it overnight. The next day, though, there's no footprints in the flour, but there's still blood spatters all over the house that were not there the day before. So the cops take samples of the blood. Uh, they did tests on it. This was 1986. You couldn't really do DNA on stuff, but they could determine that it was human blood. Lucy also said that the door to the cellar, the basement, um, closed by itself behind her. And also one of the cops said that he felt somebody tapping him on the shoulder, but when he turned around, nobody was there. So finally, the cops didn't really know what to do, so they called, like, a psychic or whatever. The psychic said, as of course, because they always kind of say this, don't they? They said, oh, there's a body buried in the cellar. Yeah, and, they then, and it's shit. the ghost. So, I mean, apparently they believed the psychic enough to, like, dig the cellar up. But, you know, not surprisingly, they did not find anything. Because, like I said, that's what the psychic always says. Oh, there's somebody buried under the house. You know what I mean? There might be, but not in this case. Um, so at this point, uh, Lucy and her husband, Jean-Marc, were um, kind of, like, had it up to here. So they're like, we're moving out of this fucking place. So they moved out. Now, their uh, family came and moved in after that. And they, you know, at this point, it had started to get a little bit of a reputation. Like, it was kind of a small town, so everybody kind of knew about it. Um, and they called it, like, the Blood House or whatever, or the Bloody House. Um, but apparently, the next people that moved in did not have any problems, at least as far as I could determine. So nobody really knows if she was the focus if this was some kind of weird... I mean, because that does seem like poltergeist activity, does it not? Yeah, it does. Um, and she the was the only one in the house when the shit was going on. So if there was a focus, then it had to be her. Had or the be. dog. Yeah. Because they, they, they were the only living beings. There's something being told. There's something she was worried about. Maybe so. Well, like I said, it really something does do have to be blood. some kind of like emotional turmoil. Right? Yeah, so like emotional turmoil. Was there something reproductive? Did something reproductive happen? Who knows? Did she, did I don't she know terminate that. a pregnancy? Something happened. We're not. We're not. Like I said, something. Did she lose a baby? We're not being told everything. I mean, possibly. It's possibly. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Her age and blood. Something reproductive, maybe. 
Or she was like worried about her period or something. Something. She was worried about something reproductive. Possibly. And it manifested some kind of poltergeist thing. Or she watched too much true crime shit. Whatever. <laughs> I don't really know. No, nah, it had something to do with her. But the, here's the blood symbolized something to her. Here's another one though. It was in relation to what she was worried about. That is similar, but maybe less explicable. So this one happened in Atlanta, in Georgia, where my sister lives, in 1987. And this is another case of a blood poltergeist. Now, as far as I know, this house is still there. I'm not sure of the exact address. You could probably found, find it if you looked up. This is, I don't know if I'd say this is a famous case, but it's fairly well known. So it's kind of a nice little house made of uh, brick in a suburb of Atlanta. Now, this house, um, this couple had lived there in 1987 for 20-odd uh, years, and nothing weird had happened. Their names were William and Minnie Winston. Like I said, they'd been married a long time, they'd lived there a long time, more than 20 years, and nothing weird had happened. However, in the fall of 1987, Minnie's in the shower and kind of gets out of the shower and sees that the bathroom floor, suddenly, is covered in red puddles that kind of look like blood. Um, and she kind of saw some of it kind of coming out of the walls, too. Now, Minnie was 77 years old at the time. I think I remember this case. Yeah. And so she's kind of freaking out. Like, she didn't think anything about, oh, it's paranormal. Um, she's like, one, these puddles were not here before. Two, she thought that something bad had happened to her husband, William, because he was, you know almost 80 he was 79 years old and you know he wasn't in super good health so she's like well shit maybe he you know came in and like bled everywhere and like something's the matter so she was like freaking out um he had to have dialysis like he was on a dialysis machine and he had to do it like every day um so she starts yelling for him like hey like are you okay like there's blood all over the fucking floor and he shows up at the bathroom door um and he's fine. Like, he's in his pajamas, and he's like, why, what are you yelling about? You know what I mean? I'm totally fine. <clears throat> no trace of blood anywhere. <clears throat> so the two of them at this point, they're like, okay, well, obviously something fucking weird is going on. So they start, like, looking around the house. And they're just starting to, like, flip out because they can't figure out where this came from, right? Because she's just been in the shower. Like, nobody's been in there. So... Not only was there blood all over the bathroom floor, but there was blood all over the house. Like, there was, like, puddles of it, like, all over the, like, in the living room and shit like that. Like, down in the basement. Um, like, even places where you couldn't really get to. Like, underneath the appliances and, like, in the crawl space and, like, coming out of the walls and shit like that. Like, suddenly. Um... What they described it as, they said it looked like somebody had just, like, sprayed or thrown blood all over the walls and the floor. They said that's what it looked like. Like, it looked like a fucking murder scene, right? And, like I said, it was in even in places where you couldn't really get to, like, under the fridge and whatnot. So, they didn't know what to do. They called the cops. They're like, it looks like somebody's been fucking murdered in here. We can't figure it out. So, the cops come... And, again, the first thing they thought was that, oh, maybe, like, an animal got wounded, like a raccoon or something, and, like, got in here and, like, sprayed blood everywhere. Yeah, I remember this. But um, yeah. but they looked around, and they couldn't find anything. 
And then they asked William, they said, well, would your, because he had to do dialysis, like I said, it's like, well, would that have, you know, would you have gotten blood all over the house? And he's like, look, um, one, I, I wouldn't bleed anywhere. He's like, I, I don't even do the dialysis here. I have to go to like the medical center and do it. Like, I don't do it at home. Um, you know, it, it, so I, I don't know where all his blood came from. Now, so the cops took samples of the blood and took it for analysis. A couple days later, they found out that the blood was human blood, but it was type O. Uh, Mitty and William were both type A. Hmm. So it wasn't their blood, clearly, but it was human blood, but they couldn't figure out where it came from. Now, at this point, uh, the story had kind of gone around, because, like, what? Bleeding house, right? So that's kind of a big story. And um, so there was a bunch of stories in the media. So they had, like, a bunch of people, like, camping out on their lawn and shit like that. Now, the cops at this point actually declared the house a crime scene um, in part to, like, to keep people from coming in, like, and to, you know, be able to, like, get them off the lawn and, what, and whatnot. But also because they were like, there's so much blood in your house that it looks like somebody got murdered. And until we figure out, you know, if somebody got murdered or not, we really need to, like, just close this fucking shit up. So the cops went through everything. Um, you know, they did an investigation just like they would do it like in a murder or whatever. Um, but they never could figure out who the blood belonged to, uh, or where it came from, why it was all over their house, uh, why it had suddenly appeared with no preamble whatsoever. Um, so after a while, they determined that no crime had been committed. They couldn't find a body or anything like that. So finally they just had to close the case. And then nobody saw the blood appear. No, it was just there. It was just there. Like I said, Minnie was in the shower. She stepped out the shower and there was blood puddle. And then when they went and looked in the house, it was just blood all over the place. And none was, none was added after. In other words, it wasn't more of it wasn't appearing. As I don't were. think so, no. And no objects moved. I don't think so, no. It was just blood appearing everywhere. And, the, and these two like older people. Well, it's, a, it's, it's a bunch of blood that appeared everywhere at once. Yeah, it pretty much. continuing to appear. That's that's how I read it anyway. Yeah. But to say it's a hoax. Maybe so. They like, must have I, hoaxed it. Like, I don't know. Like, why would two, a 77-year-old and a 79-year-old? Yeah. So maybe somebody hoaxed them. Perhaps. It could be. Because somebody that does seem some, like somebody got some blood from somewhere. Some, well, they might have just drained it from themselves. What year was this? 86. 86, yeah. Somebody might have just drained the blood from themselves. It was a lot of blood, though. Because it's, yeah. it's easy to put a fucking IV in and drain some blood. Maybe from a couple different people, your friends, and sneak into the old people's house and spread the shit around and then just sneak out the back door or something like that. That's that's more likely than anything else. I wonder um, why somebody would do that, though. What a weird thing to do. Because it doesn't follow any of the patterns of poltergeist in a repeated recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis constant moving of objects demonstrational stuff patterns right uh stacking stuff taking things making things appear like where'd that come from you know whose pillow is that you know that kind of shit yeah whose panties are those yeah whose pillows are that you know it might have been from the neighbors whose dildo is that yeah just anything Shit, didn't you wish? <laughs> wishes all these free dildos to fucking show up. I've got lots of dildos. I don't need free ones. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Uh, business dildos. Business dildos. Yeah. <laughs> these 
tax write-offs. <laughs> tax write-off children. We just got one the other day that's like super realistic. It even has balls and everything. Like like it, realistic feeling yeah. balls. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Make a video with that thing. Yeah. Although, um, like I said, I'm not usually a big fan of like realistic looking ones because I yeah. think they're kind of weird. But we're getting off topic, Jim. Well, I mean, well, I was yeah. pretty much done. I mean, okay, I'm yeah. Now I do have the address. I think, I think it's a hoax. I do have the address of this house, but I'm not going to say it because I yeah. wouldn't. I mean, you can find it probably. If I found it, you can find it. They either hoaxed it for some reason, or somebody hoaxed them. You can get your hands on blood. Yeah, you know, I kind of. If, if this is a hoax, I kind of suspect that somebody else did it to them for some yeah. reason because I don't really see any reason why this old couple that had lived here for twenty plus years would suddenly decide, hey, let's throw some blood around our house and like crazy call the ass, cops. Crazy ass 16, 17 year old teenagers that knew these like people. Like broke in and threw that, blood everywhere. Well, they probably didn't have to break in. They probably knew these people. Maybe so. And fucking, they just said, this would be funny, man. Run through there and throw this fucking blood. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fucking, you know, you know, you know what I mean? You know, she when she's in the shower going there and fucking throw, because where was the husband? I don't know where the husband was. Okay. I think he was just in the living room. You could probably see her in the shower, hear the shower running from outside the house if you're on the side of the house. You go, she's in the shower. And then fucking, she leaves her back door open, so you run in there and you... And then... That's probably more... And then they leave with the, with the fucking ID don't, bag. Don't do that to people. It's probably what That's they did. Shitty. And they did it in a way they don't... They're not walking through their own tracks. So they started at one... Went into the house and fucking... So they put some thought into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably that's more likely. Because <laughs> if it was a poltergeist, you'd it would have been recurrent, right? You know what I mean. And Keep talking. I gotta pee. And it would have been. It would have done it as a demonstration, right? You know, <laughs> it's not a one-time thing. That's the whole thing about poltergeist. It's got like a mission. There's a reason why that why the poltergeist phenomena is emerging out of this person and it's it, it, it's it's trying to communicate and demonstrate it's definitely demonstrating what it can do and it's uh it's, it doesn't want to get give, give up any information about what it is and how it's doing it it's trying to think you it's trying to fake you fake you out and, and make you think it's an outside force because that's what'll help it help it continue what, it, what it's doing and there's an overarching reason for it it's either trying to break a family apart or to bind a family together or to fucking like in Donnie Decker's case he's trying to expel all his sadness from what happened to him with his granddad and finally once he confronted it his sadness he resolved it he let it out so he didn't have that internal pressure and all that internal uh what do you call it conflict built up in there he had resolved it so his ability faded which that's unfortunate in a way well it's fortunate for him kind of unfortunate for me don decker because i wanted i wanted to meet don and i wanted to see him make it rain and i'd make it he could make it rain and i could make it throw things or or hide things hide you could could have like a little poltergeist yeah we have a poltergeist party (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and fucking, and I say, how'd you how'd you throw the water? And you know, and then, but he thought that he thought that the evil crown man threw the water. So he did it. I mean, that was my understanding yeah. that he at least initially thought that it was an outside yeah, forest, yeah, right? Like he thought that it was a ghost. Yeah, and he was probably uh, conflicted about that. 
he probably, his subconscious knew, but he suspected it, that it was him. But he, but he couldn't believe that it was him. Right. So instead, he lied saying that it was him. But he's lying unknowingly. He's actually telling the truth. And then he finally resolved it. Says, yeah, I am doing it. And it went away. Well, like you said, you have a theory, kind of, that you can't control it. You have to allow it. And the best way to allow it is to think that it's not you that's doing not you, yeah. Like, yeah. to think that it's an yeah, outside that's what, entity. That's, what, that's with any of that stuff. Like, the hardest thing about having an out-of-body experience is that you have to allow it. It's the ultimate surrender. You're literally giving up the ghost. So yeah. it's like voluntary death. It feels like death. Well, a lot of people resist death. You're kind of... Well, yeah, I mean, that's a natural it's a reaction. natural thing. As it comes, you, you, as, as you start feeling the separation, you feel a loss of control, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're pu- being pulled out. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I almost died, and it'll stop. So right. it's difficult. It's extremely easy if, you just, if you're just like a kamikaze. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I haven't really been in that kamikaze mode. And then... Trying to allow it too much. Trying too much imposes it. You have to suspend all will. Yeah, you can't try to no. do it. It doesn't work. No, you have to just total surrender. Just fucking stop everything. And it almost feels like you're stopping your mind. You even stop thinking. And imagine that. You're just going, everything's going blank. And uh, you feel like you're ceasing to exist. And then you'll be looking down on yourself. And you'll be out. And if you get too excited, you'll get sucked right back in. Pow! Yeah, I can see how that would be a really yeah. difficult thing to do. It's hard to stay out. Yeah. All this shit about silver cord and getting lost, bullshit. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see any silver cord or anything. There's no problem going back in. The problem is staying out. As soon as you think of your body, you go back. Yeah. If you just think about it, you'll go back. And I was never able to go very far. Because there were other people fucking trying to fucking snap me out of it in one case. Another case is that you just, you get out, but then you lose consciousness. And then you wake up like you were, and you don't remember what happened. You wake up the next morning. Like you remember looking down on yourself. Right. But then you, you were, you were exteriorized. But then you fell asleep while you were exteriorized. Because it's partially falling asleep with, while maintaining consciousness. Right. It's another way, another weird thing that it feels like. It feels like your head's shaking back and forth. And then it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And you just surrender to it and you're looking down. And if you fucking... And you don't know the controls. You're, you just look at a place. You'll go there. It's like you're on a... You're like a little ball that can see like 360. And feels like you're standing on a fucking... Like a little spindle like or something. Like a spindle, like a stick. <laughs> and just looking in the way you fall, you're like, whoa, 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 and then it stabilizes. And then you can choose how you want to see things. What You can choose what colors they are. You can choose to look through things or to go in things and look at something from two directions at once. You're non-local. And time is slowed down. You can do a lot in a very small... It's like compressed because you're not being... You're moving at the speed of thought, basically. 
you're, there is no physical body to impede you, so nothing takes any time. And you can, you kind of have this underlying feeling of just awareness, and you kind of, you become aware of what you can do. But there's so much stuff that you can do, you can't do it all in the amount of time. And then all of a sudden you go, man, this is fucking amazing, and then wow, and then you're back in. Right. It's like that. The second you become like aware of Yeah, you start the get becoming too aware of it. Or you start getting too excited about it. And then you go... <laughs> Woohoo, I'm out of my body. You're like, you're like what happens? <laughs> yeah, and you, you go, as soon as you, whoa, I'm out of my body, you think body, and all of a sudden, boom, yeah, you're back, back into it. it. So it's hard. It's like standing on a damn... It's like riding on a pogo stick, and you don't really know how to ride on a pogo stick. Or trying to fucking balance yourself on a stick anything you do disturbs it and you want to go somewhere or you go back into your into your body or you fall asleep and then you're in dreamland so i think a lot of times you're you're out of body when you're dreaming you're just in a dream world it's not a real world you know what i mean yeah but you can see the material world from that mind state just it doesn't quite look quite the same you can also see what other people are dreaming you can go into their dreams They'll see you and they'll remember you if you know them. But mostly it's a person I don't know. I just see them at random dreaming. And I see their dream and I go in it. And it wakes them up when they see me. I wrote a novel years ago that there was like another dimension where all like your nightmares came from. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like a place you could actually go to. Yeah, but see, the thing is, is that the dream worlds are not real. They're more like a chat room. They've been created by a person. You can contact them there, but they're in an illusion. The other worlds are real, and you can see the material world. Anything you want to see in the material world, you'll be, you'll go there. But you may not see it very accurately. Right. It's kind of vague. Everything just looks like fucking uh, geometric shapes of fucking particles, clouds. It looks like cigarette smoke. You know, cigarette smoke blows through the light. Yeah. Kind of like that. And then when you rub your eyes, you see those colors. Think everything's shaped like that. And it's whatever color it has to be to differentiate it from another object. So nothing makes any sense. An object that might be, like that's a black table, but if I'm looking at it in the astral world, it might be red. A red energy cloud sitting on a blue floor or blue energy. You know, and just things, colors change just so you can get an image. You know what I mean? It's not the real color. Right. It's just a, something that you're doing. It's something that you're doing so you can form an image of what it is. Oh, thank you. Somebody thank you, Bryce. We need some money, Bryce. <laughs> I agree with Tom. The mind is more than just the body. This is why some seers can find water and stuff. Most of those people are frauds, though. Yeah, most of them are frauds. Yeah, I mean, there probably is some. There's more shit that, um, about our what our yeah. minds can do that we don't understand. That's for sure. The military tried to use it. It's not reliable, especially under stress. It's too unpredictable. It's better just to use technology. That's why they use it. And spies. Yeah, it's a lot more dependable. Yeah. Like I said, humans are... I'm not saying that some humans don't have like some cool abilities and shit like that, but they're just too hit or miss. Yeah. You, you can't, can't rely on them. Yeah, and if you put that person like, look, you must fucking do your ability. We gotta save the president. That's so much performance anxiety, man. Fucking, it's gonna fuck it up. You're just gonna fuck it up. Right. It's like you might as well just use like fucking... Oh, use an assassin or something. Or fucking. an assassin or something. Yeah. Like somebody that just, yeah, that can something that's not going to fuck up. Right. That we're, emotions aren't going to get involved. Right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Uh, Oscar is here. Hey, what's up? Said Jenny looking toned. Did my, did gym today, this yeah. morning. She was fucking looking jacked, man. 
she got up from that fucking bench and she way she was standing there. <laughs> and I've never seen her look like that. I said, Jenny, man, you're looking fucking great, man. <laughs> She's fucking trimming up around the midsection, fucking legs fucking... I've lost a lot of weight, getting, actually. Yeah. Legs getting fucking shapely and shit. Arms coming in better. Tom loves that shit. Yeah, yeah. He loves that shit. Give it a couple more months. <laughs> actually, a couple, you know, in a couple months, you'll see a much bigger difference. But then over a period of years, each year, because it's not the same as being an old person where you're declining every year. Like when you're on HRT, you start fucking making progress every year. Better progress than what a teenager would make. I'm not that old. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that It'll old. It'll rebuild you. Yeah, like the bionic fucking woman. Yeah. I was seeing pictures of fucking dudes talking about it today and fucking showed a dude he was 62. The motherfucker looked so much better than me. It's not even funny. Dude was just fucking just ripped. Fucking 62. We get people on streaming all the time not believing how old we are. Yeah, they don't believe how old we are, yeah. So, that's good. I like it. I like it. Just learn the shit, people. I'm not a doctor. I don't give medical advice. But just yeah, learn don't the get shit. sued. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> All the information's out there. They don't really want you to know about it, though. It's not patented medicine. They want to sell patented medicine. Well, it's not that hard to find. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, you found it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's study about hormone replacement therapies. It's fine. Yeah. Might and fuck your I... voice up if you're a girl, but that's okay. What's that? It said might fuck your voice up if you're a girl, but that's okay. If you're using it, fucking post menopause. It's a good trade-off. Yeah, I don't mind. It doesn't really... Because, you know... And besides, when you see these women, their voices and their bodies match. It looks normal. Because she just doesn't look like a fucking dainty flower. Motherfucker looks like a leopard. And that's how they sound. I'm not talking about big pro bodybuilders. talking about wellness, fitness models and shit. Not well, and I was saying to you earlier, like, when we were watching that woman and she was showing some of the shitty comments she got about her voice and stuff like that, I'm like, one... I don't know. People suck, and I'm just kind of like, why do you care so much about what... You don't even know that person. Yeah. It's like, why do you care? Even if it was a man, why do you care? Like, I don't understand why... She doesn't sound like a man. She doesn't, but I'm like, even if she did, why would you give a shit? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Why would you give a shit so much that you're like watching her video one and then taking wanna, the time to comment? Hit. Yeah, exactly. They want to hit. They want to hit. They and can't it's hit. very transparent yeah. that that's the only right. reason. Because it's yeah. like, if you didn't... If you weren't into it, you wouldn't be watching it or commenting yeah. on it in the they first place. They want to hit, and they can't so. hit because her boyfriend's like an 11. Yeah. He's a fucking... So it's like, like it's just little incels right. crying. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> I'll show them who we're talking Just like about. a lot of the shitty comments on the internet. Yeah. Incels crying. Mike Bowser says, if I get a blood poltergeist, it better have blood flowing up the walls. Yeah. Right? I mean, that would at least be more... At least you would know it was supernatural. This one, apparently, like I said, they just kind of like came out and be like, man, there was blood everywhere and we don't know where it came from. Which, like I said, I don't necessarily think that the old people would be pulling a prank, but maybe somebody did some shit to them. Bryce says incels crying. Yeah. I mean, the world would be a bad, better place if incels would just stop crying about shit. This is who we're talking about. <laughs> See, maybe the letter turned around. That's her. Yeah, like, I don't really, I don't get it. Well, like I said, even if I accidentally stumbled upon a video with some asshole that I was just like, oh man, this person's an asshole, I wouldn't even bother commenting. Why would I bother commenting on it? I got better things to do. Look at her six pack. 
I actually really like her neck tattoo. Yeah. She lives here in Florida. And it's fairly recent, I think, because I saw some older shit of her and she didn't have that. Yeah. But I actually really like that. Because it, it kind of looks like a high collar, like a turtleneck. Yeah. I'm kind of into that. It's cool. She wears black contacts and stuff. She's kind of a goth chick. <laughs> Another picture. That's her. I think that's her little gay friend or something. She comes up. Yeah, she comes up messing with. They're always fucking goofing around. She's gonna come up and fucking manhandle his ass. Oh my! <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not really that bothered about the voice, but hers is fucking twice. It is a lot of deep. Twice, yeah. But it's it's still it still sounds like a woman's yeah, voice. Yeah, to yeah, me. yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah. really sound like a man's voice. Yeah. Even if it did, who gives a fuck? Like yeah. I said, I don't really understand. It doesn't sound like. I don't understand voice. why people get so hung up. About no, that you kind of you, shit. you put her voice next to mine. That's, that's it's baffling to me. It's baffling. Yeah. I'm like, you don't even know that person. Like, yeah. Why do you Why do you care so much? You know, no, I don't get it. But no, those dudes are trying to hit, so they're just trying to find yeah, anything so fucking wrong. Just, yeah, they're just pissing and moaning and yeah. peeing their diapers. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I don't and I don't have patience for it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I said, once you get as old as us, you don't really give a fuck what people think anymore, especially people like that. That would cry about somebody yeah. like that, like saying, "Oh, she looks like a man." Yeah, yeah, she does not look like a fucking man. No, she doesn't. But like I said, even yeah. if she did, who's like, why would you? Why do you care? Don't know. I don't know. Let's go ahead and shut it down, Jen. We've been on for a fucking long time. It's almost midnight. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've been on for three yeah. hours and forty-five minutes. Yeah. This is yeah. a fun show, though. So yeah. whenever it's poltergeist, like I know that Tom's gonna have a like. Yeah. I got a lot to say about it. Stuff to say about it, so that yeah, always makes it a good show. If you like this show, the other one I would recommend would be uh, uh, probably Out of Body Experiences, and that was yeah, that's I mean it's pretty old, but yeah, it's but old. Yeah. I tell in detail fucking what what my out of body experiences were like. One of them was a near death experience when I was in a coma, fucking motorcycle wreck. Had an out of body experience like a week before it happened, and then had a near death experience, kind of like certain part of your fucking soul knows that your time may be short but I survived it it's like the out of body experience was kind of and it was spontaneous it just did it on its own in the barracks when I was in the army and the guy living with, living with me in my dorm fucking he saw it happen he won't won't talk about it he saw it and then uh, then a week later I had that fucking motorcycle accident and fucking had a whole near-death experience. Yeah, busted his head open. Yeah, fucking was at the gates of the Pleroma getting ready to recycle. There's a, <laughs> there a whole fucking welcoming community there that all knew me going, nah, no, you can't Hey, come. Tom, what's up? Yeah, they were saying, what's up? You know, but you can't come in. And I was like, I can't not come in. Nah, what are you talking about? And I'm, I'm done. No, no, you're not done. So I'm trying to go home. And, uh, it's like that. You I don't go know who the other people were. They might have been other manifestations of me. I don't know. Other roles that I had played, other games or something. I don't know if they were me or if they were other people that I knew. I think they might have been me. So it was like your version of Danny. Like yeah, the but, there were, <laughs> but there, were there were a lot of them. There were lots of them. Like at like, different ages. And there were stuff? like seven or eight of them. Okay. 
Yeah, it might have been you from the future. And the past, and other dimensions. Yeah. One of them wasn't human. One of them was more like Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal. It was that girl. Oh, okay. She was pretty, but she was not human. Right. Kind of human. Proto-human. Yeah. Let's call it that. Yeah, she was all tribal, looked like a tribal wizard. Wore like some out of Lord of the Rings. Don't lie, you'd still Hood. hit. You'd still hit. She was cute. <laughs> she was cute, but she that wasn't was human. Good. She kind of had a long facial prognathius ears and shit, kind of like chimpanzee type ears. A lot of long hair, but she wasn't didn't have hair on her face. I didn't see the body, and they were made out of like welding arc materials. I didn't really see what the skin texture was, but I knew the voice and knew, knew the face, but I wasn't allowed to remember who it was. That was one of the ones that I remember, and then it was just other ones that were like dudes of different ages and stuff. I checked in with them all. Then there was the big, there was a big tall one that was like the, like your senior advisor. I don't know if that was some kind of super ego or if it was God or some kind of... Maybe that was your guardian angel. Or an angel, I don't know. But it was kind of like my case manager. Yeah, like, like in Beetlejuice. Yeah, exactly. I reckon, <laughs> you, I reckon, your case worker it was vaguely in the male. afterlife. It was vaguely male, but it was kind of just an elongated humanoid form, right? Kind of, kind of like didn't have a face or anything, you know, just an elongated human humanoid silhouette. And I just we were speaking telepathically, you know. I could hear its I could hear its thoughts, and it there was like a emotion and voice went with it. It was all layered in at one. And I knew him. He knew me and everything. We were like, like old buddies. He was like, you can't go back because of this and that. And he showed me what it was that I had agreed to do. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll go back. And he says, but, you know, and they were like, you'll be back soon, though, and blah, blah, blah. And they showed me some other stuff. And then he said, you're not going to remember any of this, though. You're going to remember very few, little of this is what it was. And then he said, tell people. Yeah, you, told, you tell people when you guys okay I'll tell everybody spread the word I didn't tell everybody though no it, was, <laughs> it wasn't possible back then right this is the closest now you, you can be. tell the yeah. whole world you tell people this or at that. least a tiny portion of the world I was like was yeah okay you, you know it's just, but there's certain things you're not going to be able to remember because I was shown things about the future you know my future I wasn't allowed to remember those right so um, but I, when I saw them I remembered agreeing to that like oh yeah that's the movie I paid for yeah. Like that kind of shit. Like, you know, but you know, can't spoil the ending type of deal. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, at least they did that. No yeah. spoilers. Yeah, so then I said, all right. And I turned around and looked and saw the damn, you saw the material world look like the Wheel of Fortune from the game Wheel of Fortune, a disc with a bunch of colors. And as I looked at it, it was more and more intertwined, almost kind of like a damn car, like, a, like that oriental rug. It was just a bunch of fucking patterns. And as I looked at it, the more I understood that that was like lives and things that happened in inside time space. And I saw where I was when I picked up, like 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 where you like the groove in a record of where the song was. Yeah. And I zoomed into there, and I was in the hospital. I came back. Like I said, that reminds me of that Clive Barker book, Weave World. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a record. Yeah. It did have a pattern you could see, but it was just showing a representation of that so I could understand what was happening. Right. It's not the way it really looked. It was just symbols 
to describe to me how to get back. You know what I mean? It's not a disc. Yeah. And it was outside of time and space. That yeah. disc was all time and space. Yeah. And everything that happens in it as a singularity. And, you know, not just the planet, but the fucking universe. So it's too vast. You know? Yeah, like you said, it was trying to show you in a way that... You in could, a more simplified form. Yeah, right. that you could, like, um... So I could navigate my way through it. Sure. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, Agnes, this is a dress, actually. So it's purple with kind of like a thing on it. Bryce says, insulting a girl is the lamest way to try and hit that. At least yeah. be original. It is very lame. Yeah. The thing is, is fucking, you look at that <laughs> shit, you look at those dudes, that are fucking, they're on Instagram. A lot of them, they say that. These dudes will say some sideways shit on Instagram, and I'll go, look. It's like, oh, let's and, see what this yeah, fucking see, this dude's like, beautiful motherfucker looks like. he's some, like, 100-pound like dude up in Pakistan, all right, with arms like fucking little bitty broomsticks. Of course, he's going to be mad. Well, he's just mad because she'd get his ass him. kicked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. She looked like a man. What's, and, and one time I said, yeah, she looks like a man when she's standing next to you. She's standing like me. She looks like a woman. But <laughs> you look like a woman when you stand next to me. <laughs> Even more of a woman, just an ugly woman. And that shut that shit down. There was a bunch of fucking laughter, people laughing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I yeah. said, it's pretty transparent that yeah. like, when somebody says that kind of crap, everyone's like, yeah, we know what your deal is. I know they think they're being all clever and yeah. shit like that, but it's like, yeah. It's yeah. All, you're just like, hey, I'm insecure. Yeah. Now the world knows. Good job. Good job. Um, Agnes said, you look really nice, Jenny. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to shut the show down? Yeah, now for real? Late. it's getting late. Well, you're the one who kept talking. I don't know. I'm putting on a show. Okay. Tell you just said before. Tell him, tell, him, tell him what happened. Tell him what I thought. Tell him what happened. Mm -hmm. All right. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. I mean, I had a good time. It went on for mm -hmm. almost four hours. Damn. But yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn. That's a Damn. long show. Yeah. All right. So we will be back Friday night for the Sidetracks show. So that's always fun. We just talk about whatever bullshit. I mean about whatever more bullshit than usual um so yeah so hopefully you guys can come and join us for that it's always a good time so thank you everybody for dropping by thank you for super chats and we will see you guys again on friday night good night